Police in Luton say footage from body-worn cameras will form part of the investigation into the police response to the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month. A public meeting was held in the town last night, attended by Maya Shazad's family, local councillors and Bedfordshire Police. Maya's grandmother is Rubina Intiaz. I should have gone to her um, ceremonies, like for graduation or birthdays or a wedding, but... It's sad to say that I had to come to something like this, but I will get justice for Maya and do whatever I can. The brother of a five-year-old boy at the centre of a row over his treatment for a brain tumour has been allowed to visit him in hospital in Spain, but Asha King's parents are being held in Madrid while a court considers an extradition request from Britain. Almost two million children aged between five and seven will be eligible for a free lunch from today at primary schools in England. The government's providing £1 billion over two years to pay for the scheme, although the local government association says that won't be enough. A woman from Hertfordshire who says her husband is not the same person she married due to a rare condition, says she wants answers from the NHS. Alexander Caridice was admitted to Chase Farm Hospital for surgery in 2007 after suffering severe headaches. More from Sophie Solaria. Alexander suffers from diabetes insipidus, a rare condition which means he has no thirst. His wife Claudette claims that when he was discharged from Chase Farm Hospital, she wasn't told what happened to him during the surgery and wasn't given a care plan for his condition. Claudette says she's had to give up work to look after her husband and has only just started to receive the daily visits from nurses they both need. Proposals for a new airport in the Thames estuary are believed to have been rejected by the Airports Commission. The project had been championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson. The Commission will now choose between expansion plans for Heathrow and Gatwick. In Sport England, striker Danny Welbeck has joined Arsenal from Manchester United for £16 million as the transfer window closed last night. Milton Keynes-Dons have kept hold of teenage midfielder Delhi Alley. The weather cloudy with a chance of a shower, also some bright or sunny spells, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine, the JVS show with the big phone in the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems from 12 Nick Coffer showcasing the very best of beds, hearts and bucks with great guests, loads of advice and the music you love. From three, Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven, Three Counties Sport. With live commentary from the Johnston's Paint Trophy, a Stevenage and Wickham are both in action. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, if uh, the off-air bounce is anything to go by, this is going to be a very, very vulgar... Sh- no, hang on, this is going to be a very, very funny show. Lots coming up, including a cabbie passed fit despite brutal rapes. An update on yesterday's story. The Shazad family demand answers. Oh, you've changed it at the last minute. Yeah. Why? Um, you thought it was inappropriate. Yes. Yeah, well done, well done. Cass brought her squeeze box in. What? Why did you have to say that? Come on. You're, I, know you're I don't bo- think today is squeeze box day. You are bottling out from playing the squeeze no, box. It's not and that. You, you played an excellent rendition of, I'm not sure what the song was. This old man. This old man, okay, if that's what you say. He played one. He played knick knack on my thumb with a knick knack. You were playing that. It really was absolutely marvellous. Beautiful, wasn't it? And I think that the show needs a little bit of light musical interlude today, <laughs> and you're the person to bring it to us. <laughs> oh, wait, 459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, and can we ask, cause I, I, I've been having some classic celeb bants, celebrity banter. He's been stalking on Twitter. I've not been stalking anybody. I've been having some very, very funny exchanges. Oh. Uh, what? Privately, then? No, publicly, oh, on they Twitter. Were, they were the funny one. With one of the in-betweeners. Which one? Jay. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been having some great bants. He's, oh, he's wow. a fan of mine, apparently. Excellent. Uh, he was. Uh, we've been having some great bants. And I was just wondering if anybody else had had some top-notch bants with celebrities on Twitter. I have. Go. I had some top-notch bants <laughs> with uh, Mark Watts, a.k.a. Matt Allwright. He, off I- of Rogue Trader and off of Hanging Up. On Dave, yes. I had some not top quality notch bants with him yesterday on, on the text as he was sending me. He was actually quite angry that we cut him off. We did not cut him off. We did not cut him off. He hung up. Yeah. Fair and square. So that's good. Kath, ever had any top notch celeb bants on Twitter? No, I've got a life. Well, isn't that rude? <laughs> Susie was in pigtails I knew I loved her 
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning, lots to talk about. First story, though, is uh, well, something that we told you about yesterday. We mentioned that the Mayor of Milton Keynes has resigned after personally vouching for a convicted rapist's suitability for a taxi licence. Well, today we can exclusively reveal details of the offence which councillors knew about before they passed him fit to take fares. Now, I should warn you... It's quite graphic. We've turned it down a little bit, but if you've got young ears listening, you might want to, um, I don't know, get them to brush their teeth now. Here's our reporter, Tony Fisher, reading from a letter sent to Milton Keynes's licensing committee by Thames Valley Police with regard to 44-year-old Nadim Ahmed Kiani. Have a listen to this. The circumstances of the offences are that Mr Kiani and his co-defendant picked up prostitutes in a vehicle. One of them would hide in the back of the car while the other negotiated a price and then had sex with the prostitute. A code word would then be used and the defendant in the back would come out of hiding. They would threaten the victim with various weapons. They would make the victim remove their clothes and each raped and sexually abused the victim in turn. On October 4th, 1994, Mr Kiani appeared at Middlesex Guildhall Crown Court, charged with two counts of a serious sexual offence, one count of rape and one count of assault with the intent to commit a serious sexual offence. He was found guilty and received a total of eight years in prison for each offence to run concurrently and was required to register as a sex offender for an indefinite period of time. As I said, particularly unpleasant. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has been looking at what guidance councillors are given when considering people who have prior convictions. I would imagine that councillors must be given fairly strict guidelines in this instance. It does vary, Ian. In, in some cases they are given very strict uh, uh, guidelines. In, in others it is left a little bit more freer and mm. in our area uh, it's, it's one of those sort of uh, cases where it varies from council to council. So, for example, in Bedford, uh, the licensing committee would give their councillors uh, the guidance that they would normally expect to refuse a licence in this instance. Uh, in Luton as well, it would say that unless there are, quote, exceptional circumstances, uh, an application would normally be refused uh, where the applicant had been convicted of an offence such as rape or other serious sexual assaults. The same in central Bedfordshire, it says, you know, applicants would normally be refused. In, indeed, in Milton Keynes, that exceptional circumstances line again. Uh, so in most cases, it would seem that uh, that councils are sort of given the, the guidance to, to, to turn something like this down if somebody has had a, a historic conviction for something as, as serious as rape. I spoke yesterday to the local government association, one of the sort of umbrella bodies for councils, and they said that they actually preferred it, that councils had these sort of decisions made themselves, that elected councillors uh, could take the decision at a local level rather than just impose some sort sort of top-down guidance. Um, And when I spoke to the Department of Transport yesterday, which is the sort of government body which deals with this sort of area, they said that uh, taxis and private hire vehicles, they're licensed by authorities in England, and those licensing authorities have, quote, a statutory duty to ensure that anyone they grant that licence to is fit and proper. And they say that in the instances where someone has a criminal record, the authorities should consider each case on its merits, but they should take a particularly cautious view of any offence involving violence and especially sexual attack. Does anywhere have stricter codes? Well, I had a quick look around, and, I mean, admittedly, there are 
hundreds and hundreds of right. local authorities. But by chance, I looked at Leeds. Now, Leeds changed their guidelines last year, uh, and I, I asked why, and they said it was just because of a you know a review that they wanted to have into uh, the way that they were giving things. It is very very strict. It is extremely clear as well what offence. Uh, should be, you know, uh, given in, or what what each offence should be uh, how it should be regarded. For, how it yeah. should be regarded, absolutely. So if if you have raped somebody, then you are flatly refused at any point of ever getting a taxi license. Yeah, and there are sense. other offences like that. So they work on a point system. It's very clear. If you've been in prison, the points are doubled. You have to uh, achieve less than nine points um, and uh, a serious for example a serious sexual assault um, committed nine years ago would get you eight points if you'd been in prison for it of course that would go to 16 so you wouldn't you would flatly not have mm. a license and that's how it works and and i haven't spoken to councillors there but the 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 press team said that that councillors had responded well to it it gave them a clear framework to work around in london the same situation exists there now the law commission has written a report on taxi and private hire services and they presented its recommendations to government that's going to be uh, sort of formulated into a law soon now the law commissioner nicholas paynes qc uh, he'll talk to you later and he says that he wants to see minimum standards brought in across the board to become a taxi driver for example, one of the recommendations that we explicitly made was that the standards should include a list of criminal offences which taxi and private hire drivers must not have convictions for. And if they did have convictions for those offences, they would be under a duty to report that, that, that they had been convicted or even arrested for such an offence. And if they were convicted, that would render them ineligible to hold a taxi license. The more we hear about... I mean, this story was thoroughly unpleasant yesterday, but the more we hear about it, the revelations that, that, that were discovered, you know, throughout the day yesterday, the more shocking it is. I think the fact that these uh, these details were given to councillors before they made the decision will just stagger some people. You cannot really understand how you could come to that decision about finding somebody fit and proper. What this fellow did, as we've, we've heard earlier on, was thoroughly unpleasant... Thoroughly aggressive, sexually aggressive and awful, and that's putting it very, very mildly, to allow him to drive a cab where there will be mm. young women travelling on their own. Yeah, you know, this, it's, it's incredible. This was a premeditated series of sexual attacks. This wasn't just a one-off. This is, uh, you know, he did this three times with his co-defendant. And, you know, this was a brutal brutal sexual attack uh, that our, um, our colleague yesterday Craig Lewis managed to get hold of this letter from Thames Valley Police to the uh, to the council and you do wonder just what they were thinking. Milton Keynes Council says it is now trying to bring in a watertight policy. They were concerned that any snap decision about other offences would potentially leave the council open to legal action. This was the uh, uh, MP for Milton Keynes Mark Lancaster speaking yesterday. I've been a member of parliament for 10 years nearly and I think this is one of those absolute sort of jaw-dropping moments. Whilst on the one hand I accept that people uh, go to prison, they serve their sentence and after a period of rehabilitation and, uh, you know, that conviction is considered to be spent. But there are some offences which are so severe, given the nature of being a taxi driver, you should simply never be allowed to do it. And I think rape, clearly, and sexual assault, indecent assault, uh, etc., are one of them. Now, another taxi driver in Milton Keynes whose convictions for a sexual assault have been revealed is still driving. It was re revealed yesterday as well. Paul, thank you very much indeed. I know we took calls on this yesterday. If you want to give me a call today, you're more than welcome. 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thanks, Ian. Well, the motorway's looking OK. Can't see any problems on camera on the M25, M1, M40 or the A1M. All relatively quiet at the moment and uh, no problems to report on the uh, routes in towards London. If you're using the uh, trains, well, they're fine. The central line in London, though, minor delays at the moment, uh, all because of overrunning engineering works between West Ricelip and Marble Arch. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thanks very much. It's 6.17, it's Tuesday the 2nd of... Can you believe it's the 2nd of September, Scoines? Huh? Yeah, I know, unbelievable. It's almost Christmas soon. Uh, Tuesday the 2nd of September, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This radio station has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row which has led to the resignation of the mayor was a violent serial rapist. Police in Luton told a public meeting last night that footage from body-worn cameras will form part of their investigation into their response to the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus last month. And almost two million children aged between five and seven will be eligible for a free lunch from today at primary schools. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Zilch. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch. China Clipper calling Alameda. China Clipper calling Alameda. Zilch. China Clipper calling Alameda. Self defense. Never mind the furthermore, self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea self defense. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are. It is of my opinion that it is of my people that the timid. Never mind the It is my opinion that the people are intending. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't be patronising. Excuse me, I'm talking sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. Well, anyway, pet hate... I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle, you, what's going on? I thought that song you just played, if that's what it could be described as, was utter, utter crud. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> what was that? I, d- I don't get it. What? You're joking, yeah? No. Yeah? Is that top no. class celebrity bands? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't, I've not been pwned, Paul Scoynes. I've not been pwned. He's making the pwning gesture. Scoynes thought it was rubbish as well. Well, well, well Scoynes listens to rubbish music. And you listen to... Kelly Kelly listens... <clears throat> Kelly listens to Give Me... Did you like it, Kelly? I loved it. Yeah. It made me feel extremely happy. Say normally about Kelly's choices. Kelly's got excellent choice of music. She does BBC Introducing. But back to one side, she still has an excellent <laughs> choice of music. OK, well... We can agree to disagree, but I you're wrong. I think it's part of a selection of songs that you need to hear all together. Yeah. No. Do you, do you want to hear it again? No. We'll do yes, it again. Yes, yes, I never yes, want to hear it again. Mr. Davalina. You don't want to hear it again? Bob no. Davalina. Okay. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch. China Clipper. Okay. 
How about this one? Yeah? Yeah, better. Thank you very much. How grumpy. Just a loudmouth Yankee, I went down to Mexico. I didn't have much time to spend about a week or so. There I lightly took advantage of a girl who loved me so. But I found myself thinking when the time had come to go. What am I doing hanging around? I should be on that train and gone. I should be riding on that train to San Antonio. What am I doing hanging around? She took me to the garden just for a little walk. I didn't know much Spanish and there was no time for talk. Then she told me that she loved me not with words but with a Of a train I could not miss What am I doing hanging round? I should be on that train and gone I should be riding on that train to San Antonio What am I doing Well, I'll ride the same old train But I guess your chances come but once And boy, I sure missed mine And still I can't stop thinking when I hear some whistle This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the family of Maya Shazad says changes have to be made before another child is killed in Berry Park. The comments came following a heated community meeting with Luton Council and police officials last night. In case you don't remember, three-year-old Maya was knocked down and killed by a bus on Dunstable Road in Berry Park on the 8th of August. Well, our reporter, Ben Nye, was at the meeting. Ben, what did the family have to say? Well, uh, I mean, this was obviously a highly charged, emotive evening, and... To give a sense of the atmosphere there, we, we were kind of led into the hall and, and the backdrop was a, a slideshow of, of kind of family photos of Maya. Mm. Um, there were, this was clearly an emotional time for some family members who were in the audience yeah. who, who weren't able to speak. Some were visibly upset. And judging by the comments and questions coming from the audience, there was a mixture of that sadness, but also frustration and, and sometimes anger. Yeah. Um, Maya's grandmother was uh, on the panel. Uh, she was kind of the spokesperson 
person for the family. Her name's Rabina Intiaz, and she made a heartfelt speech to, the, to, to open the meeting, including a message from her daughter, Maya's mother. She was my life for three and a half years, and on that day she was taken away from me within seconds. I will never be able to comprehend how she died. What I have lost is irreplaceable, and the pain I am going through is indescribable. Maya had touched the hearts of many. She was a kind-hearted, generous and intellectual little girl. It is extremely unfortunate that she has been taken away from her loved ones so soon and is devastating that I will be left with this heartache for the rest of my life. For those who have grandparents, they would understand the pain that I am actually going through. We'll hear a bit more from Maya's grandmother a little later in Very the programme. It is, and, and that was kind of the, the backdrop to which this discussion took yeah. place. Um, her uncle also made it clear that he, his family and the community were concerned with the actions of Bedfordshire Police that day and anxious to stress to Luton Council their concerns about road safety in Berry Park. What, what were the main themes for the evening? Well, I think those two concerns that her uncle mentioned were, were kind of the main drivers. Uh, in fact, at the front of the hall, a large poster read, the family need answers, the community need answers. Uh, unfortunately, with investigations still ongoing into the accident itself, as well as the response of the police that I just mentioned, answers weren't really going to be forthcoming. No. Um, th- that said, the police and council were both there to, to listen and respond where they could. Arriva Buses, uh, who operate the bus route, they were also invited. They declined the offer because of this investigation. Now, as emotions ran high, control at the meeting did wane a little bit as as people were keen to get their views across. At one point, this chant spontaneously came from the crowd. Gosh, very passionate there, yes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, these emotions boiled over on a number of occasions. You know, there there was actually another We Want Justice chant a little bit later after that. I I think they want to feel that Maya's death is treated with respect. That was the... the, the, That lessons are learned, and that was the impression I got. Uh, One other theme was trust, I'd say. You know, our listeners may be familiar with stories we've covered here on this programme regarding Bedfordshire Police over the last 12 months or so. And I think the community here were keen to stress to the police and, and the council that trust between the police and the public... Is, is low and something needs yeah. to be done to restore that. And, and one other point of interest was the use of new body-worn cameras by the police. Now, these were adopted in the, week, in the wake of um, the death of Leon Briggs in police custody. And when asked, Superintendent Dave Boyle confirmed that officers were using the new technology and that that footage was being used for the investigations as well. All of that said, I'm still not entirely sure what the meeting achieved what it could achieve Mm. in the backdrop of of these investigations still ongoing. Uh, What about the council? Well, the the public forum was keen to ask the council about the layout of Berry Park. They questioned its safety. They said that they were concerned that there weren't proper crossings throughout Berry Park. Um, That poster that I mentioned at the front of the, the hall said, we want a safer Berry Park. People were saying that they witnessed near misses on a daily basis. However, the council insisted the current layout in Berry Park was much safer than it was before. After the meeting, I spoke with Councillor Dave Taylor, who's in charge of highways, to ask what he and the council will be doing. The problem is that the community and the family are looking for answers, uh, which nobody could give tonight. Um, and until the police investigation uh, is over... 
and the police may make recommendations, but initially they've said, um, in their opinion, um, and their initial investigation was that uh, the road layout played no part in the accident. But when the investigation is at its conclusion, and the coroner, if they do make suggestions, then we'll implement those suggestions. So do you have plans to, to look at the, the layout of Berry Park? Do you have plans to perhaps change the layout? Is, is that an option that's still... Yeah, yeah we, we're currently looking at it. And I mean, it was only a week or so after the tragic accident that I went round with the leader of the council and ward councillors uh, to look at the layout to see if there's any improvements. Um, and we made notes, and we've made notes tonight, uh, and we'll be collating all that information together to see if there's any way that we can make it really safer. Well, Ben, thank you very much. 08459 555555. Let's get the travel news now, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. And reports of an accident on the A1 in Bedfordshire. We've had word of a vehicle that's overturned between the Sandy Roundabout and the Black Cat Roundabout on the northbound A1. If you have any updates uh, from the scene, do call us. The A421 at Buckingham closed. Uh, we've had confirmation between the A413 at the Turtle Roundabout and uh, the uh, uh, the other stretch of the 413. It's all because of roadworks until 8 o'clock this evening. That's possibly the reason why the A421 was so bad yesterday morning into Buckingham, especially from the Milton Keynes direction. We'll keep you up to date on that. And on to the tube in London, minor delays on the northern and central lines. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. BBC Three Counties Radio has learned that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row which has led to the resignation of the mayor was a violent serial rapist. Police in Luton told a public meeting last night that footage from body-worn cameras will form part of the investigation into their response to the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus last month. The eldest brother of the five-year-old British can- cancer patient, Asher King, has been allowed to visit him in hospital in Malaga and almost two million and children aged between five and seven will be eligible for a free lunch from today at primary schools. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The transfer window closed last night with Manchester United at the centre of the main deals. They signed the Columbia striker Radamel Falcao on loan from Monaco, with England striker Danny Welbeck leaving United for Arsenal for £16 million. Locally, Milton Keynes Dons have kept hold of teenage midfielder Deli Alley, who had been linked with several Premier League clubs. Luton duo Solomon Taiwo and Ricky Miller have joined conference side Dover Athletic on loan, and Wickham extended the loan of Brentford centre-back Alfie Mawson until January the 1st. Meanwhile, the former Brighton manager Oscar Garcia remains the favourite to replace Beppe Sonino at Watford. Our Watford commentator John Marks believes he might be the right fit. If it's Garcia, then um, I think it would be fair to say he probably did a, a pretty good job at, at Brighton last season on fairly limited resources. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't renew his contract there, that he felt that maybe there wasn't going to be the, the backup and, and, and the finance there to enable him to, to move Brighton on. Stevenage and Wickham are in Johnston's Paint Trophy action tonight. Wickham are at home to Coventry. Stevenage hosts Gillingham. There's commentary on both games in three counties sport from seven. In tennis, Andy Murray's through to the US Open quarterfinals after beating Joe Wilfred Songer in straight sets. Extremely tough conditions, very humid and obviously windy. It started to cool down a bit at the end and there was a bit of shade at the side of the court which helped but 
first two sets were very long, tough sets, mentally quite draining, and glad I managed to get through. And Murray will play Novak Djokovic next. The European Ryder Cup golf team will be announced this lunchtime for the clash with the USA later this month. Woburn's Ian Poulter and Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald are both hoping to be among the three wildcard picks. And England's cricketers face India in the fourth one-day international at Edgbaston today. England are 2-0 down in the five-match series. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're rocking out to that, Kath? Yeah, love it. Coming round to our way off. Oh. W-O-T. 08459 555. A couple of things. Firstly, ever had top-class bants with a celebrity on Twitter? I am with Jay from The Inbetweeners. We really are getting on like a house on fiving. Very, very, very funny. Wonder if you'd had the same. Or maybe you've had a celebrity tell you to get knotted as well. That's always fun. When uh, celebrities lose their rag, uh, which is the name of my new series starting on Sky One uh, in the autumn. Uh, But also... uh, Is the um, subtitle to that is, when celebrities lose their rag, it's the funniest thing? Yes. It is. Thank you. It's not. Uh, uh, also, we're going to look at the papers in a second. But yeah. before we look at the papers... No, no. What? You, don't really, you can't handle this. Catherine's got her little box out. What have you got there? Squeeze box, isn't it? Squeeze box. You've finally yeah. brought it in. You've had this for about, what, a year? Um, so I'm expect You heard... This is me. Nobody knows about this. This was me um, playing the piano. Where's my piano music gone? Hang on, hang on. Um... Doing? Oh no! Uh, this Come is me on, playing the piano uh, after having it for two days. All right? Okay. Two days. Yeah, but That's... the piano's easy, isn't it? Well, no, the piano's really, really hard, mate. Oh no! Two days of the piano. You've had the squeeze box for a year. Yeah, but I've touched it twice. <laughs> well, let's. Let's hear. Hang on, let me just find the correct music. Oh, you're, re- you're reading it from the you're reading music, are you? Yeah. I was freestyling on the piano. Yeah, Never I can mind. tell. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to? Should we play a song first? But while you warm up, are you going to go straight? Yeah. In? Go on. Let me warm up first. Come All on. right, you warm up. <laughs> no, play a tune. All right, we'll have a tune, and uh, this sums up pretty much what we're going to hear now.
Got a squeeze box, Mama. Mama got a squeeze box, and I can't play it for Toffee. Beautiful. Let's hear. Right here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, not playing it very well. Sorry, everybody. Wake up if you are not awake already. This is going to do it. Is that nice one, Cyril? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's 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 next? Can we read the papers? Oh mate, let me have a go. Let me have a go, right? right. I have never played it's, this it's before. It's quite hard. I have I have never played this before, and I bet I'm gonna be Don't forget to let the air out. Press the button. I'm gonna press the button. Ladies and gentlemen, I've never played the squeeze box. This is how good I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was a million times better. I've got my thing caught in there. Yeah, that happens. That does happen. Thank you, Catherine, for bringing that in. Well, if you've got any requests... <laughs> uh, apart for, from stop. Apart from stop, then Catherine will be happy no. to take them. No, 08459 555 is the old uh, number. De, sur la, sur la pont d'Avignon. Oh, ni danse, oh, ni danse. Sur le téléphone. Oui. Here comes a baby, guest in labour at wedding. Oh. Now, when I got married, someone turned up wearing white. That's bad enough. That, you don't someone do that. Someone dropping a sprog in the middle of your ceremony. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, someone had a baby at the wedding. A wedding was thrown into chaos as the best man's wife went into labour seconds before the ceremony. Oh, she waited, didn't she? Oh, what a show-off. And look at me! Look at me! I'm having a baby! Oh, don't, don't pay any attention to me. You carry on, love. That, f- oh, oh. that flipping cow's having a baby while I'm getting married. Amanda Hutchinson waters broke shortly after she arrived for Stephen and Amanda Vasey's marriage. Husband Gareth had to abandon his best man duty. Selfish. That is out of order. And used one of the bridal cars to rush his wife to hospital where their daughter was born just seven minutes later. Oh, she wasn't playing games here. No. But look at this. They've actually all had to go over there in their, in their outfits and sit in the hospital oh, and keep her company. Oh, blimey. Selfish. Co- coffee is being delivered. Thank you, Thank Shaggy. You. That's right. Thanks, Ben. Um, why is Scoy's looking at us like some kind of weirdo through the, the portal? Oh, okay. That's just Flash, that is, having a baby during a wedding. I know, rude. Here's um, something. The Strictly stars are set for frills and spills. The lineup for Strictly Ooh. has been announced. Let's go through them, shall we? Jenny Gibney. Uh. Greg Wallace. Yeah, no, in big. I love the show and I love dancing. I cannot wait to get engrossed and live in a Strictly bubble. And he used to, uh, he loves a big spoon, doesn't he? He does love a big spoon. Um, Scott Mills. I look forward to seeing Scott Mills uh, stealing somebody else's dance steps. Tim Wanacott. Bargain hunt. Oh, yeah. I like him. Mustache. Caroline Flack. Yes. 
Harry Styles. Jake Wood. He probably would. Who is he? He's the EastEnders star that was buried in a coffin on Christmas. No. Okay. Tom Evans, rugby. Yep. Um, Judy Murray. Oh, yeah. Andy's mum. Oh, mum, you're doing the dancing. Frankie Bridge from the Saturdays. I hope she wins. Is that fair? Yeah. She dances for a job. Yeah, she... I nearly... She, yeah, she's no. a good dancer. Yeah. She's a very good dancer. Yeah. Uh, Sunet Netrasaka, who was in um, uh, Brookside. Alison Hammond, uh, who used to have a crush on me. Steve Backshall, who's an, a naturalist. Oh, oh, I hope he's wearing clothes when he's doing the show. Mark Wright from The Only Way is Essex. And Simon Webb from Blue. It really is a tour de force of celebrities. It'll be like going out into the back garden on a clear night and looking at all the stars. Yeah? I don't watch it. Do you watch it? I don't, of course I don't watch it. I, I do watch the Bake Off, though, and I know you don't. I don't watch the Bake Off. I spoke to someone who was in the Bake Off at the weekend. Yeah, I know. I heard. OK. On another radio station. It's on a different radio station. It's on a different radio station. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they lined him yeah. up for me. It was great. Great interview. Yeah. Really strong interview. Good guest. Yeah, we don't have enough contestant winners on this programme. Nope, we don't. Oh, he didn't win. Mary Berry, I'd God, like my kids why, to help why? me die if I'm a burden. Oh, wow. Blimey. You might regret that, Mary. At 79, she's at the height of her powers, but Mary Berry is thinking about a time when she becomes too old to cope. The great British Bake Off star said she would like it if her children could give her a pill to enable her to take her own life if she lost her marbles. Mary, let's just talk about cake, shall we? And that's it in the papers. Uh, well, there's not, a, there's not... I mean, there's the Queen having a selfie with some young lad. Well, the, Mark, Malcolm Wishman's written a rather whimsical and amusing article about birds. Oh. Would you like to hear some of it? Uh, let's ask. Kelly, would you like to hear a, a whimsical article about birds? Uh, birds is in the female kind or is in the flying species? Gosh, Fe- feathery. I didn't, didn't realise that, that um, 1970s Carry On Britain was at the end of this fader. Although this first, uh, this opening gambit um, yeah. does reminisce, yeah. make one reminisce of the 70s. Recently, my wife Maxine was making the most of the sizzling weather with a spot of sunbathing in our back garden. Yeah. Stripped down to her bikini, she, was it that one? She was settled on a sun lounger with a book when she was almost blasted out of her skin by a piercing wolf whistle. Shocked. <laughs> she shot off the lounger and rushed into the house. Some idiot spying on me, she fumed. Eager to defend my wife's honour, I raced to the garden in hot pursuit. I'd barely reached the end of the lawn before the same cheeky devil let out another rip-roaring wolf whistle. Hang on. <laughs> and then I looked up and saw the beady-eyed interloper. Not a sex pest. But a starling. Oh, blooming starlings. Perched on top of a bush, chest puffed out, he was wolf-whistling at the top of his voice. I'm not entirely sure where he learned to wolf-whistle, but the influx of skip scaffolding and building works in my neighbourhood gave me some idea. OK, we, there was a list the other week of words that aren't said anymore. Mm. And I can, I've come up with my own list over over the, the, the week. Uh, wolf-whistles don't happen anymore. No-one wolf-whistles anymore. I got wolf-whistled. <clears throat> Happens all the time. I told you I had a row with a fella who was eyeing up my wife. Mm. Builder. Yeah. What and did he say? She's not that good looking. No, I said, oh, mate, he was looking at my wife's bottom as we walked past and nudging his mate. <laughs> and I said, uh, mate, I'm here. Yeah. Have a little bit of respect. And we were having a little bit of an argument as I was walking down the street. And I was, uh, uh, as I turned to go into the building I was going into, it was the gym. He went, yeah, get lost, Glenn Miller. <laughs> that was his put down, Glenn Miller. Pwned. Anyway. Uh, my words are no longer said anymore. I got wolf whistled by a vintage builder. Really? Yeah, they were really old. Gosh. Still put a spring in my stomach. Probably couldn't see. Words that people don't say anymore. McEnroe? You're right. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm paying you a, a backhanded compliment. Slazinger. Tamagotchi. You're just listing old-fashioned things. Now, these are words that people <laughs> don't say anymore. Radiogram. There's one. And spinning Jenny. It's two words. I can't have that. Um, okay, another one. Caustic. Who says caustic these days? Um, let me think of another one. I had loads. I should have written them down. Yeah, you should have really. Travel can wait. Um, Western? No, we do say that quite a bit. When? Well, uh, Western forces, Western troops. I've not said that. All right. The Western world. Okay, well, no. who says... What's the Western world? No one even knows what that means. It's not a thing. No, the West. Oh, you're thinking Wild Wild West. I was thinking of Steve Weston. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the northbound A1 is now closed. We've just had word in from the highways agency. The northbound A1 closed off between the Sandy Roundabout and the Black Cat Roundabout. It's a lorry that's overturned. We first had word of this uh, earlier on this morning. But it's the northbound A1, A1 rather closed between the Sandy Roundabout and Black Cat. We understand there's a diversion via the black triangle symbol. The A421 reportedly closed still this morning at Buckingham at the total roundabout. The A413, we had word in from the police yesterday afternoon about this closure uh, because of road works and the closure of the A41 at Buckingham we understand in until 8 o'clock this evening when I think it will revert back to temporary traffic lights. If you know a little bit more about that and confirm the closure in Buckingham then do call us on the usual number. As for the uh, trains, they're fine across the three counties uh, into London though, minor delays on the northern and central lines. James Woolley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you James. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 2nd of uh, September, I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This radio station has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row, which has led to the resignation of the mayor, was a violent serial rapist. Police in Luton told a public meeting last night that footage from body-worn cameras will form part of the investigation into their response to the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus last month. And almost two million children aged between five and seven will be eligible for a free lunch from today at primary schools. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin Dealey, but before that, let's get the weather with Georgina... Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A few fog patches around first thing, but actually many of us are going to be holding on to that low cloud for much of the day. There will be some brighter spots, but uh, for many it will be overcast really generally. But light winds are not feeling too cool either with highs of 21 degrees Celsius. At tonight, a fairly cloudy night again. One or two clear spells. Temperatures down to about 13 degrees, so quite mild. Probably a bit more fog to contend with first thing tomorrow morning. And actually it starts off in the same vein, feeling quite similar to today. But by the afternoon, we are seeing that cloud thinning out, breaking up and allowing the sun to shine through in spells. I'm looking at highs of about 22 degrees Celsius. Thursday, another foggy start, but it brightens up, and that's when we're likely to see the temperatures peak for the week. Uh, Friday and Saturday, there's always a slight risk of a shower, but it should be mostly dry, generally bright, with sunny spells. That's your latest forecast. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week... You've missed things like this. You're never quite 
you know, where you want to be. You've always got to keep going and have new dreams, new aspirations, and mistakes happen. You have to just get over them and keep going. But there is a way you can hear it all again. After a 12-year period of abstinence, actress Daniela Westbrook relapsed, proving just how dangerous an addiction to drugs can be. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. The reality was, at the age of 26, I knew... I was dying. And yet it still took me three years to find a way to stop doing what I knew was killing me. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shells. It's about words that no one says anymore. I've come up with some corkers. Yeah. Slazinger, Tamagotchi, McEnroe, mm-hmm. um, Weston. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you've come up with a few, haven't you? Courting. Yeah, uh, yeah I say courting. Yeah, oh. I say it in an ironic fashion. Yeah. Dial up. It's two words, but I like it. Opal fruits. It's two words, but I like it. Pager. Yeah. Are we just naming old-fashioned no, things? I pager. I pager yesterday. <laughs> yeah, guys. You didn't page me enough. You still owe me? I'll, I'll page you later. Okay. Alligator? No one says alligator anymore. It's all crocodiles. Kells, any more? T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till you have sons. They'll be saying it all the time. Abacus. Abacus. Why I'm did gl- you do that? Abacus. <laughs> you totally abacused me earlier on, and I didn't appreciate it. And I page you. Fun bounce. Kath, you've not got with any. Well, because it's a silly thing. It's not a silly thing. Um, uh, 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 puff. Of smoke? No, the, a puff. Well, there's a reason why I don't say that anymore. No, the, the, for the thing you put your feet on. No one calls it a puff anymore. No, people call it a puffet and all sorts. My, my, my nan, when she was posh. trying to sound posh, would say puffet. <laughs> or a poof. But, but, but when it was just us, she'd say, it, it passes the puff. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was it called that? I don't know. It's a really strange... Because it was it, a footstool. Is Puffet French for something? No. Uh, no. No? I don't think so. A poof would be like a... Like an inflated thing, I guess. I don't know. Well, you speak foreign. I know, but it's just a noise, isn't it? Justin, any words that no one says anymore? Puff. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, they yeah do you know what? I, I bought a new sofa about two years ago. Yeah. And he said to me, yes, the, uh, the Puffet... I said, what? He said, the, the, the puff I said, what, you mean the puff? No, 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 the puff I said, uh-huh. yes, the puff. It's £199. It's a puff. It's £199! Hang on, let's stop at that bit. <laughs> really? It's, it's political correctness gone absolutely yeah. bonkers. Probably can't say bonkers anymore. Probably can't say mad anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Anyway, well, I'll take your calls on words that you can't say. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five. Am I steering this ship on my own, guys? Well, yeah, it is your job. OK, yeah, so it is. Hang on a second. Let's your just have name one. is above the door. Thank you. One, one. Yeah. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. So, Justin. <laughs> yes. We're now going to go to Milton Kings to talk about serious issues. Yes. Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, there's a, can we, can, we can't really combine no. the two, can no. we? No, we can't combine the two. Really back. I've got something here. Re- re- retraction, retraction, Your okay. Honour. Retraction. Okay. Can you retraction. go and bother some pensioners for us? Yes. Yeah, yeah, what about? Well, it says here in the Daily Mail, page three, it's often said the best times of our lives are when we're young, but now a survey suggests we're in fact happiest in our 70s because after we reach retirement... There's we, not long to go. We rediscover the everyday joys of life. No. Mm, I'll probably go along with that. I mean, well, some of our listeners book that trend, I would suggest. I mean, 
mean, not that I'm in my 70s. I'm, I'm just looking at the facts here. As you know, I deal in fact, not fiction. Um, if you've done well for yourself in your life, you've probably uh, paid off your, your property, um, you're retired, you should be having a great time with your family, well, and in particular, with your grandchildren. So, yeah, I can probably go along with the that. The suggestion here is that it's not about money. It's just about being being more appreciative of having your health and good friends. Oh, and, like sitting in the garden time. looking at stars and stuff. Yeah. Oh, for goodness sakes. That stuff doesn't make you happy. Is that true? I mean, I'd like to think it does, because I'm not happy now. So, are you happy? You're in nearly seventy. You're nearly seventy, Kath. You're closer than most. <laughs> well, I'm not as close as you. Uh, you're, you're getting closer than me. No. Yeah. No. Quite old. Anyway, Justin, Great. could you go and ask? Uh, could you ask um, some pensioners whether they're happier now than they were when they were kids? Yep, absolutely. And of course, off the back, I shall uh, be saying to them: if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Oh. We need a few uh, more of those. Which, of course, please. is uh, going very well right the way across beds, hearts, and bucks. Justin, always a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. I don't buy that. I mean, I'm pretty miserable now, and I think it's probably all downhill from here, isn't it? Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Um, what happened to the puffs? And um, are you an old person? Are you happier now than you were? Mm. Dennis will probably phone up and say he is, but I don't trust the thing he says. Um, and uh, others... Who's the fellow that phones up and has a whinge? Peter. Peter, Peter won't, and Green. Peter won't be happy. Peter won't be happy. I don't. I can't imagine a time in Peter's life when he was ever happy. I think Peter is quite content. He's quite content to moan. Just because you moan doesn't mean you're not happy. Should I have a bit of Elton John? Yeah. Which bit? Back my back Rocket Man bit. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Zero hour, 9am And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then I miss the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a timeless flight I don't 
Let's get to small people. Dennis and Dunce, small morning. Good morning. And good morning to Philip. Good morning. Right, who's the happy... Are you, are you, right, let's start with you, Dennis. Are you happier now or then? Yes, I'm happier now. And don't forget, I'm twice your age, so you're, you're really miserable. What is going on with your phone? I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm uh, just OK, well, let's ask Philip. Philip, what's going on with his... No, are you happier now, then? Or I think when? I am, Ian. You know, and I mean, yes, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying myself, you know. I'm, what, now? Uh, oh, yes. I mean, you know, so much activities. It's all going on all the time. Lots of women. and you know, it's, Ah, now, this is one, what you come down to with the older men. Yes. Slimmer yes. pickings for the ladies means better time for you. Oh, exactly. But yes, old people I'm, I'm, don't have it away, do they? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to answer that. No, OK, <laughs> good, because that would be horrible. That's a bit too uh, bit Fri- too, bit bit too, personal. bit but too fresh. Let's, let's just say I've got a, a big list of... Uh, big what? ...of lady friends. Oh, yeah. Yes. Got a little black book? Oh, yeah, yeah well, And yeah. a magnifying glass to read the names? I've got two black books. What? <laughs> Philip. Yes, I know. Flip I know. Back. You know, it's... Um, well, it, 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 it wasn't my fault. I mean, you know, just they keep getting added to the book. Yeah, and do they know about the other ones? I think some of them, some of them do, yeah, because sometimes the two come along together. See, Dennis, you, you, you've played this game all... I know, I, well, yeah. You've played this game all wrong, Dennis. You've been married for, for however many years. Yes, but I'm twice as happy as you are to start with. Oh. Don't oh. forget, I'm twice your age, and you say you're miserable now. Oh. You poor old soul. Is he talking about Ian, or is he talking about me? Ian. Oh, I see. Oh, right, you say you've been married, Dennis. How many years have you been married? 65. Oh, well, do you know, I sometimes think, you know, that I would have liked to have been married. I never was. But, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, you know, I can imagine, you know, it's got its advantages. You've only got to pick the right girl in the first place. That's the thing. It's, it's fine dinner, isn't it? That's the problem. And then when you've lived with it for a long time, you couldn't run after another one. You haven't got the energy. Oh, oh is that what it is? Yep. Can't you buy things, though, to help you? No, yes. Well, look, what I do, I get out of bed in the morning, exercise, I kick the bucket. Oh, yes. Every morning. And when it doesn't hurt, now, now I'm dead. Oh, right. I kick the... You know, when I usually stab me toe on the bed or something, you know. Yeah, well, I do it with the bucket. Oh, the bucket. Oh, no, I haven't got a bucket. I'm training myself to kick the bucket. Oh, oh, oh I see what you... Oh, yes, yes, I see. No, but there's so much going on, isn't there, Dennis? Of course there is. So much to do every day. Three Counties Radio. The northbound A1 is currently closed between the Sandy Roundabout, the A603, and the A421 at the Black Cat Roundabout. A lorry is overturned, and it's going to take some time to recover it. Police tell us the closure likes to be in until mid-morning. You're asked to follow the black triangle symbol, which is the diversion route. A421 at Buckingham closed this morning at the A413 total roundabout for roadworks. Already busy at westbound, you can see on the speed sensors. And the M1's partially blocked out of London between 5 and 6 as a car has overturned. James Wally, BBC Three Counters James, thank you very much. I've realised that by asking old people if they're happier now than they were years ago, it's the same as, pretty much the same as asking, how you doing, love? You're right. But we can do that. So, how you doing, love? You're right. Give us a call. We'll speak after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock. The headlines. BBC uncovers full extent of Milton Keynes taxi driver's rape crimes. Public meeting into road death of Luton three-year-old and 98% of primary schools to offer free meals from today. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio has learned that a Milton Keynes taxi driver who was approved to carry passengers was a violent serial rapist. Nadim Ahmed Kiani served eight years for sexual assaults on prostitutes in 1994. The row has led to the resignation of the mayor who vouched for him. Our Milton Keynes reporter Craig Lewis has more. I've seen a letter from Thames Valley Police that outlines the full details of Mr Kiani's offences. 44-year-old Nadim Kiani and an accomplice raped prostitutes in London on three occasions in March and May 1994, threatening them with weapons. Despite having this information at a meeting in 2012, the Council's Regulatory Subcommittee lifted a suspension on Mr Kiani's licence. Two members of that committee, Gladstone McKenzie and Stuart Burke, have since resigned from it. Police in Luton say footage from body-worn cameras will form part of the investigation into their response to the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month. A public meeting was held in the town last night, attended by Mayor Shazad's family, local councillors and Bedfordshire Police. Mayor's grandmother is Rubina Intiaz. I should have gone to her um, ceremonies, like for graduation or birthdays or a wedding, but... It's sad to say that I had to come to something like this, but I will get justice for Maya and do whatever I can. The Liberal Democrats say 98% of schools will be offering free lunches to pupils up to the age of seven from this week. The policy has been criticised for its cost and for its impact on school budgets. The eldest brother of a five-year-old boy at the centre of a row over his treatment for a brain tumour has been allowed to visit him in hospital in southern Spain, but Asher King's parents are being detained for three days in Madrid while a court considers an extradition request from Britain. A woman from Hertfordshire who says her husband is not the same person she married due to a rare condition says she wants answers from the NHS. Alexander Carridice was admitted to Chase Farm Hospital for surgery in 2007 after suffering severe headaches. More from Sophie Solaria. Alexander suffers from diabetes insipidus, a rare condition which means he has no thirst. His wife Claudette claims that when he was discharged from Chase Farm Hospital, she wasn't told what happened to him during the surgery and wasn't given a care plan for his condition. Claudette says she's had to give up work to look after her husband and has only just started to receive the daily visits from nurses they both need. An ambitious plan to build a new airport in the Thames estuary has been rejected by the Airports Commission. The project had been championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson. The Commission will now choose between expansion plans for Heathrow and Gatwick. In sport, England striker Danny Welbeck has joined Arsenal from Manchester United for £16 million as the transfer window closed last night. Milton Keynes Don have kept hold of teenage midfielder Deli Alley, who has been linked with various Premier League clubs. The weather cloudy with a chance of a shower, also some bright or sunny spells, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 
Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Showcasing the very best of beds, hearts and bucks with great guests, loads of advice and the music you love. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Three Counties Sport. With live commentary from the Johnston's Paint Trophy, a Stevenage and Wickham are both in action. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, well, more on the uh, taxi driver story from yesterday. What happened last night at a a meeting to talk about the death of a three-year-old little girl? And old people, are you happier now than you were... Are you happier now than you were? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I um, I forgot to mention this in the papers, and, and Simon reminded me there, that the, the, the parents of um, 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 Asha mm-hmm. are in prison. Yes. Right. The, the eldest brother has been allowed to go and visit the boy, the five-year-old boy, who's I, I, has possibly only got four months to live. The eldest brother's been allowed to go and visit them. What the hell is going on over there? Now, I know that the Spaniards are, are, are following the procedure that, that is laid... What, what, how, how do we stop this madness? This boy may live, but there's a strong chance he's got four months left to live. I was listening to, uh, on the radio yesterday. Uh, and the parents are locked up in prison. They should be spending every moment with that child. What on earth are they doing in prison? I guess now they've been put down as a flight risk. Well, because they said that they would uh, um, reject uh, extradition because they want to carry on with their son. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Is it the, the CPS? Are they the ones... That, who, who's doing this? Who is doing this to them? Uh, you can't blame the Spaniards because they've been given an international arrest warrant and they're following what they have to do. I'd imagine it would be quite difficult for them to override it. Someone here, why doesn't David Cameron step in and go, do you know what, there's been a massive muff-up, we're going to give their family privacy, and do you know what, we might even pay for them to go off and have the treatment somewhere as a way of an apology. Mm. Someone needs to step in and do something. Some compassion's required, isn't it, at this point? This is insane. The parents are being kept in prison. I didn't realise it was both parents. I thought it was just the dad. It's the mum is being kept in prison as well. The kid's only got... This is insane. Dear David Cameron... Or somebody, David Cameron, step in and say there's been a massive muff up. We're really sorry. Let's release the family. Do you know what? To, as, as way of uh, a recompense, we're going to pay for them to go and have their treatment done somewhere. And uh, can we please have a press blackout? I don't think they could do that because it would set a precedent, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, it would set a precedent. But they've already set a precedent of arresting uh, a family that are guilty of, let me think. Mm, oh, yeah, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. All right, OK. Why doesn't David Cameron release them uh, and someone like Richard Branson... Um, so I've just looked at a really inappropriate picture on page 19 of The Sun. Dearie me. Uh, and Richard Branson said, you know what, I'll pay for the treatment. You know, why doesn't someone do... It's, it seems... In, this is now insane. And that poor family, their little boy's dying. Imagine one of your kids are dying. There's a horrible thought for you on a Tuesday morning. But imagine it. And you are not allowed to sit next to your little boy and hold their hand or hold them because you're in prison. I think it's incredible. This story just gets worse and worse and worse, doesn't it? I know we talked about it yesterday. If you want to have your... I mean, I don't know what else there is to say apart from this is disgusting. If you want to have your say on it, 08459 455555. Absolutely outrageous, isn't it? 
Now, a story that we uh, we touched on yesterday, BBC Three Counties Radio has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver who was approved to carry passengers was a violent serial rapist. 44-year-old Nadim Ahmed Kiani served eight years for sexual assaults on prostitutes in 1994, threatening with weapons. We won't go into details, but it was really horrific, horrific attacks that this gentleman, and I use that term very, very loosely, um, uh, put upon his victims. Now, despite having this information at a meeting in 2012, the Council's Regulatory Subcommittee lifted a suspension of Kiani's licence. Well, Justin got this reaction from cabbies in Milton Keynes this morning. So you've been a, a taxi driver in Milton Keynes for 18 years um, you've heard about some of the offences committed um, that person was then given a, a taxi licence here what's your reaction to what you, you've just heard? Well it just makes a mockery of the whole system um, we have to renew our badges every three years we have to do a CRB every three years which is a CRB is a police check and um, well it just makes a mockery of the whole system. Are you in complete shock? I, yeah yeah I mean, um, the main problem is the CRB is uh, taxi drivers. Most taxi drivers are working with women. Well, everybody really, mm. children. Um, if you've got a sex offence, you shouldn't. You should never ever be con- considered for a taxi driver. Well, here's somebody who's been a, a taxi driver for 26 years. How on earth did this man get a license? It's it's just unbelievable. Like I said, we we all have to have a police check, and it just seems that. That everything's a waste of time. You know, we have a police check uh, every three years. I just don't know. I Are you d- frustrated yourself that there's something like this can get a license? I am because we always think that the black taxis are safe. You know, there's adverts to say that you know, make sure you get a, a proper taxi. And this just makes a mockery of everything. Well, that was Justin Dealey speaking to uh, cabbies this morning in Milton Keynes. Joined me now by Nicholas Paynes, QC, who's from the independent body, the Law Commission, which has set out recommendations to the government on the licensing of taxi drivers. Morning, Nicholas. Good morning. Well, just, just to briefly explain what the Law Commission is and what it does. Well, we're a public body and our job is to review the law and make proposals for reform where the law is out of date or needs improvement or modernisation. And... The Department for Transport asked us to review the law on taxis and minicabs, which we did, and we produced a report and recommendations in May of this year. What were your recommendations then, Nicholas? We made dozens of recommendations, but one of them was that there should be nationally set minimum standards of safety, but both of taxi and minicab vehicles and of their drivers. Because it does, it does vary, doesn't it, from borough to borough, what the, what the standards are? That's right. At the moment, the law allows individual borough councils to decide what conditions must be met and who is a fit and proper person to hold a licence. What minimum standards have you recommended? We've we've recommended that the standards be set by the Department for Transport with the assistance of an expert panel. But one of the specific recommendations we made was that they should include a list of criminal offences which you mustn't have convictions for if you're going to be a taxi or minicab driver. Because, and I know you can't talk specifically about this case, but it does seem incredible that in some areas you can get a licence to drive a taxi when you have been guilty of of a series of rapes. Well, we do think that there should be offences, and we haven't specified them, but um, serious sexual offences are an obvious candidate for it. There should, in our opinion, be offences which you must not have committed if you want to be a taxi or minicab driver. Were you surprised, uh, Nicholas, when you found out that there was no uniform policy for local authorities on this? Well, it, it, it goes back to the fact that a lot of the law on taxis particularly taxis, dates back to the 1860s, oh. when everything was very much more local. 
and the, the, the mini cabs and like mini cabs, taxis were horse drawn, of course, in those days. Nowadays, when there's so much more mobility, people move around the country much more, take longer journeys in motorised taxis. We think there should be a national core of, of minimum safety standards, which you can rely on wherever in the country you take a taxi. Are you really saying that some of these laws around uh, taxis go back 150 odd years? Uh, yes. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm well. shocked by that. Uh, when do you hope to get a response from the government on your recommendations? How does uh, the process work? The, 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 the process is we produced our report in May. Um, the government has agreed that it will consider our reports and, uh, and give us a response within 12 months on, on whether they're going to take our recommendations forward or not. Mm. So uh, we very much hope that c- come May or the summer of next year, um, we, will, we will get a positive response from the government. Nicholas, I appreciate your time this morning and your thoughts on this. Thank you. That's Nicholas Payne's QC from uh, the independent body, the Law Commission. Some of the laws regarding cabs go back 150, 160 years. I'm, I'm genuinely speechless by that, Catherine. That's yeah, incredible. Shocking. shocking. No one thought of maybe revising it, I don't know, in the 60s or the 70s or maybe the 80s. Isn't that insane? So the times I felt uncomfortable in minicabs, I may have had reason to. Yeah. No, I mean, one, no one's watching out for me. This, what this fella did that we're talking about, it, it, I, I don't want to go into detail because it's horrible. I and mean, we've got young ears listening. It's thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant. It wasn't a misunderstanding, no. let's put it that way. And it happened a few times and it, it, it was a shocking, violent attack that had uh, very unpleasant qualities. Uh, about it, and again, as we stressed yesterday, we're not tarring all cabbies, uh, mini cab drivers, cabbies with the same brush at all. Most of them, you know, this is like tiny, tiny percentage. Most of them are excellent, hardworking people who just want to earn a few quid and are completely trustworthy. But if someone like that, well, I was going to say, slips through the net, didn't slip through the net because they knew what he'd done. Yeah, he wasn't dishonest about it. He flagged it up to the authorities. The authorities weighed it up and thought. Yeah, probably be all right. And there's still a fella driving around in that area as a cabbie who's got a, 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 a criminal record for sexual offences. Now, we don't know what they are, but he's still driving around. Is that because um, sexual offences about uh, against women don't matter? You know, once it's ten years ago, it, you know, you're over it then. It do, well, is... Um, it, is that the thought, OK, really? let's ask the question. In 2014. Let's ask the question. Is there a, is there a point... Let's talk specifically about sexual offences. Is there a point after, you know... It, 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 is there a period of time that, after a period of time, you go, actually, that was 10 years ago, that was 20 years ago, you've done nothing since, you can drive a cab? Is there a period of time? Or if you've committed a sexual offence, is that it, you never drive a cab ever? What's your knee-jerk reaction? My knee-jerk reaction is, as someone getting into a cab in the dark with someone I don't know, I'd rather they didn't take a chance on people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's not their decision to make. Then if you do that, there is... I guess you have to have that conversation as to which crimes it's OK to yeah. have committed. Yeah. So, as we talked yesterday, shoplifting, yeah, probably OK. Um, GBH? GBH. I'd still feel uneasy. Yeah. Armed robbery? Definitely no. I say definitely no, I don't know. Uh, you have to have that... At some point, that's, fraud? Yeah, well, there has to be a cut-off point where you go, anything below that, you can drive a cab. Anything above that, you can't drive a cab. And that's a strange way of doing things, isn't it? Your thoughts on this, please. 08459 four double five five double five. It's BBC Three Counties Radio, 7.15. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, the northbound A1 is closed between Sandy and the Black Cat roundabouts this morning. A lorry is overturned and the recovery is likely to take until mid-morning, we're told by the police. So the northbound closure in between the A603 and the A421. The diversion is signed via the black triangle symbol. Uh, southbound approaching Black Cat looks to be slow on the speed sensors. Over to uh, on the A1 into London. That's already busy Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The M1 is partially blocked out of London between 5 and 6 as the car's overturned in the left lane between the Watford and Brickett Wood exits. Southbound M1's very heavy passing Luton, we can see on the sensors. And the M25 building up now anti-clockwise, 21 to 20, approaching Kings Langley, and it's slow 17 to 16, Maple Cross, towards the M40. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. 7.16. It is uh, Tuesday, the 2nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This radio station has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row, which has led to the resignation of the mayor, was a violent serial rapist. Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. And an ambitious plan to build a new airport in the Thames, Thames Estuary has been rejected by the Airports Commission. The project had been championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Panel, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. Then you just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris is in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Chris. Is there any way you could put your mouth nearer the telephone? Um, I could try. Is that any better? It's no different, but let's, let's persevere with it, but it's not great. Go on, what have you got? Ian, um, I'm just a bit sick of the way you've been hounding ex-cons. I've done a lot of work with um, ex-criminals, um, and a lot of them seem to be very honest individuals who've made big mistakes and want to make something of their lives. And I just wonder how you'd feel about a load of ex-criminals being hounded out of employment, sat on the street, on benefits, and do you think they'd be better citizens then? Sorry, you're saying that I was hounding ex-criminals. What did I say that was hounding them, Chris? No, well, obviously, you know, you're opening the discussion where we're talking about whether we should have somebody with a criminal conviction and where that should be um, driving a taxi cab. Now, is that, hound- is that hounding, Chris? Yeah, I think Gosh, so. you have a very low, low. <laughs> you've got a very low threshold if you think that's hounding. Yeah, yeah do well, you think it's acceptable for someone who's committed serious uh, uh, multiple rapes to be a cab driver? Um, not in particular, no. There we go. Well, can you stop? Could you, Chris, could you stop hounding rapists, please? No, but what would you like? Would you like him to work as a litter collector in the local park where he's got access to children? Where where does it stop? What what job should he do? Well, his sexual crimes weren't against children, Chris. That would be a paedophile. You've just said, Chris, that you don't want him to be a cab driver, so what would you like him to do? You're having a go at me, yet you've just agreed with me, so what would you like him to do? Well, we have to 
find these people suitable employment, don't we? I'm yeah, and I've, and I've not, I've, and I've not, I've not said the opposite of that, Chris. I've just said it's probably inappropriate for someone who will be driving around um, uh, women late at night to have a, a criminal record for violent serial rape. That's probably okay, inappropriate, then, but, isn't it? But then, but then we also had different comments for people with GBH or ABH and where does the line stop? Yeah, we were trying to work out what the line was and if you'd been listening, Chris, which I, I suspect you weren't, uh, you would have uh, realised, <laughs> you would realise we were saying it's a really tough one, it's a really tough conversation to have and it's tough to set the limits. But I guess if you're going to say you can't have rapists driving a cab, that means you've set a bar. What other, where, where exactly would the bar go, Chris? Well, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. We're agreeing with each other and you're having a pop at me. I'm not having a pop at you. It just seems that nobody's coming up with very many options for what these people should do. Go on then, Chris, you tell me. You tell me. Where where do we draw the line for people uh, being cab drivers? What's the line? There are far smarter minds than mine that could work that well, out. Then, well, then, Chris, don't, please don't... Ian, no, Chris, finish, you, you, you can finish in a second. You can finish in a second. Don't phone up to have a go at something that you <laughs> have not actually said, and then don't come up with any alternatives. Ian, for example, rather than vilify where we should go with criminals and what criminals should be done... Now, the, now the, for example, the criminal has been honest and has declared his CRB. Yeah. It's the people in the council that should be accountable for this. Yeah, exactly. And they should be, you're right. Now, under the Criminal Rehabilitation Act of 1974, your convictions are spent, which means that you've done your time, you've paid your time in prison, you've been rehabilitated, you've been through the parole system. Yeah, it's not worth the risk, though, is it, Chris? It's not worth the risk. When it comes to rape, it's not worth the risk. But if he's walking down the street unemployed, he's a risk. Yeah, but let's let, let's not um, lock him in the sweet shop, so to speak. Let's not put him in a small, confined vehicle with a, a, a single woman. It's not worth the risk, is it, Chris? Really? But, but, you, you, you yourself have just said that you don't want a rapist being a cab driver, so you're arguing however, against yourself now, mate. However, 74% of criminals re-offend. The reason they re-offend is because there are insufficient support systems I'm not, within Chris, society. Yeah, we should, have, we should have halfway houses, criminals... I've got, fr- listen, I've got friends who've been to prison for all manner of offences. <laughs> of course they should be given second chances, but there are, there, are, there are some jobs that it is not suitable for people with specific criminal records to do. I would suggest paedophiles being teachers, and I would suggest rapists being cab drivers. They're, they're, they're two pretty obvious examples to me, and you yourself have said that, so you're arguing with yourself, Chris. I'm not arguing with myself. You are. I'm saying that we should open a useful debate about what we should do with these people. Okay, but this this relate. Well, we we can do that. We've done that before, and we'll do it again. This is specifically to do with the case of a violent serial rapist who was allowed to be a cab driver in Milton Keynes. That that so that's why we're that's why we're talking about criminals and cab drivers, Chris. Yeah, but the criminals and cab drivers and trying to work out that bar isn't answering the isn't answering the problem. Well, what do you want to do? You want to do a phone in about probation, about halfway houses, about rehabilitation? Well, I mean, we've done that before. We'll do it again, Chris. But yeah, and, and as far as we're concerned, we don't know about any other offences that this man has committed. He's driven a cab. He's been honest about his conviction, yeah. and he's yeah. gone through the appropriate courses. Should have been honest when he attacked those prostitutes, shouldn't he? And not done it. No, he certainly shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. And he's gone to prison for that, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and it's not. But you, you Chris, should follow them for the rest of their lives. Uh, something like that. Yeah, probably it should actually. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Bomb diffused. He was he was arguing with himself because he agreed that that fella shouldn't be a cabbie. And listen, I, I, as I say, I've got friends who've been to prison for all manner of offences. Okay, not many, but I've got a few. 
And of course they should have rehabilitation. They should be, uh, you know, they should uh, be uh, allowed to rebuild their lives and get jobs. But there are obviously some crimes where you shouldn't be put in certain working environments. We're not talking about him getting caught with his hand in the till when he was a paper boy or doing a bit of graffiti. We're talking about a premeditated, brutal series of rapes using weapons. Uh, thanks, but I don't think anyone should be gambling with my safety. No. Okay. All right, four five nine four double five five double five. John's on the line. Morning, John. Morning, Ian. John, not your, not your real name. What, what, would you, um, what would you like to say? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously been listening for the last half an hour about this conversation um, about sexual offences against females, males, boys, whoever they seem to be. Um, I have a criminal record um, for a similar offence, not as graphic, not as, as dangerous, but I'd just like to, to say that when you are brought out of prison, I mean, you've mentioned yourself, you've got friends that have been in prison for whatever reasons. Yeah. When you come out of a, uh, an institution like that, like I have about 20 years ago, um, you are monitored very, very carefully by the police. Um, you have monthly meetings with the police. They do decide who you can work with, where you can work with. They assess every item, every aspect of what job you want to do. Now, obviously, I don't know what's happened with this taxi driver, how he's slipped through the net or whatever. Um, but, uh, but I'd just like to say that they are monitored by people, by the police. There's a, an agency within the police. I think it's multi-agency public protection or something I think it's called. Um, that actually watch where you live who you have dealings with, where you work, what you do. And if they specifically think there is a reason or they're not happy with the job or where you're living or whatever it is you want to do, they will tell you and they will stop you from doing it. So there is a way that people can be stopped from doing certain jobs. Well, the, 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 what's interesting about this case, John, and I really appreciate your call, is this fella didn't slip through the net. He, when he went to the licensing board... Uh, he, he was very honest and open about his, his um, criminal conviction, and yet he was still passed. So the, I guess that the, the issue here is um, the, 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 how thorough things like the licensing board in Milton Keynes is, because it does seem inappropriate this guy was let forward. You say that you, you, you've committed a similar offence. Am I allowed to ask what, the, what your offence was? Um, it was of, of a sexual nature, that's what I'm going to say. Um, but it wasn't as, a graphic, as graphic or as intense of what this taxi driver was supposed to have done. Okay. And uh, how long did you serve in prison? Um, I did 12 years. So it would be fair to surmise from that, John, that what you did was a, was a very serious offence. 12 years is a long time. Is It's a long sentence. It, it, it was taken as a serious offence. Um, I, I, I went as a, as a no-guilty no plea. Um, but obviously the, the CPS decided that because of what the offence was, that they, they weren't happy about giving me a half sentence or whatever. They wanted to to, to, to give me a punishment for what I did. Yeah. Basically, obviously, I had to take that punishment. And I I was re- rehabilitated in, in, in uh, Her Majesty's Pleasure. Um, and I was given courses and, and stuff to help me while I was in there, which I've turned my life around. I'm now in full-time employment. Um, and I've, I've, been, I've been out of prison 12 years now. Um, and the other thing I'd like to say is, obviously, you said or it was mentioned that some prisoners um, or people that have been uh, in, in, the, in the prison service, been in, been in prison, um, aren't reformed. I am a reformed prisoner. I've, I've been out 12 years. I've not been in any sort of trouble since. And is that because... And I, John, I'm going to ask you a question. Please don't be offended by it. Is that because no. you've not been caught, or is that because you are li- leading a, a completely different life where you're not even tempted, you're not even looking at anything t- connected with your crime? Exactly. The second of that. that okay. I, I mean, it was the first offence I'd ever done. Unfortunately, I was caught for it, and obviously I served my time. Uh, I'm not a, a, 
a person that's going to go out looking for trouble, looking for an offence to, to cause, to to do, because I'm not. And there's just have the second part of that conversation, second part of that question. Yes, I have turned my life around. I'm not interested in that again. I'm yeah. now, a law, as far as I'm concerned, a law-abiding citizen. I want to get on with my life. Yes, I've had trouble from people that have found out I've been in prison, and well, it was for but I live in different areas around the country. That's why I don't want to give in too much detail no. away. Can I ask, John, I don't want to know where you work or what you do, but, but can I ask vaguely what field you work in? Um, transport. Transport, but OK. Not as a taxi driver. No, OK. And can I ask a question, John, just because I, I, I just heard something when you, you called in that maybe the listener didn't pick up on. Your offence, was it to do with children? I was accused of offence against a child, yes. OK. Okay. Yes, uh, which, I, which I strongly denied, but obviously the evidence I had against me, they decided that, because I think it was a long, long time, to say 12, well, it was about 20 years ago. They must uh, have had some strong evidence to send you to prison for 12 years, mustn't they? Yes, yes. It could be argued, John, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, if, if, if you say, that, you know, that you went underwent rehabilitation and since you've come out of prison you've turned your life around, that possibly... Uh, prison may have been the best thing for you if it, if it stopped you reoffending, it stopped you damaging your life, and also stopped you damaging the lives of of other children. Yes, I, I actually agree with that. Yes, I do. Um, it gave me a lot of time to think. Obviously, it gave it took away my independence because I was told what to do. I was locked up nearly twenty four hours a day. Um, I was told where I could do certain things, how I could do certain things. Um, it gave me a lot of time to sit and think. Um, and it, yes, it did. It, it was a short, short, not a short, sharp shock, but it was, certainly was a shock to the system. For somebody that had never been in a, an institution like that before, and the first offence to be banged away for 12 years from his friends, friends, family, and my family turned against me as well, which I lost my family, unfortunately. Are, are your uh, family still against? Have you, have you still lost your family, or have you made any peace with them? Um, I'm, <laughs> it's a long story. I'm, I'm trying, but I was, at the moment it's, it's a long, because I, I was so upset and distraught by what had happened, that it actually, I mean, my dad, bless him, when he, you know, I lost, dad lost his life because of the stress. Um, and he, he passed away, sadly, during while I was away, uh, because he couldn't cope with what had gone on, knowing his son had been involved in whatever it was, and he'd been ended up in prison, it actually, and I still have that guilt with me now, that the fact that of what I was supposed to have done actually killed my dad, and that's something really, really hard to sort of, you know, it, it's, and you say go, what, I, what I might have done was actually taking my dad's life, so to speak. If yeah. that makes sense. And you say that you're monitored by the authorities. Sorry, who was that? Who was that? That was a voicemail. Oh, okay, right. And uh, you, you say that you're monitored now, John. Uh, and again, yeah. I stress this isn't your real name. Uh, uh, um, do, do, do the police? I mean, do the police? How how closely monitored are you? Do they come and check your computer? Do, do, do you have to check in with them every six months? How does it work? Um, basically, I'm under a public protection. I have a public protection officer um, who keeps in monthly contact. Um, and every six months, they come. We have a meeting. Uh, they either come to my home where I'm living, or I go to the local police station, um, and we sit and have a. a I was going to say a social meeting, but it's not quite a social meeting, but on that sort of level, where we sit and have a cup of coffee, we have a chat, I ask what I'm doing, how I am, if I've, if I've had any problems, is there anything I need to speak to them about, have I got any issues that I need to speak about, and they basically um, just keep an eye on where, I, where I'm living, that, that people in the area are sort of not respecting me, because I think that's the wrong word, but they, that I'm not getting any issues from anybody locally, 
Um, and they keep an eye on where I work, but I'm not having contact with certain people I'm not allowed to have contact with. The issue you mentioned about computers, I've never had a laptop or a computer, so that's not an issue for me. Um, so, yes, they, they do keep a, quite a tight eye on, on where I am and what I'm doing. Do you find, John, that you have to... Um, how can I phrase this delicately? I don't think I can, so it's going to sound like a clumsy question. Do you find, uh, John, that you have to keep out of the way of temptation? Are there certain areas, certain places, for example, I don't know, schools or sweet shops or things like that, that you have to um, avoid for your own for your own safety? Yes. Yes, there is. Um, I mean... Well, so that te- that temptation that that um, that desire, for want of a better word, is 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 still there to a certain extent. Um, no, no, it's, it's not that desire. Is, it's not there to a certain extent. It's just the fact that obviously when I was away, I was told there are certain places that you know, you, for your own safety, you don't want to go anywhere near. Okay. Um, and, that is, and there are certain places now that I won't go anywhere near for my own safety unless I have somebody else with me who knows my offences or knows what I did um, and he's there to sort of just say, come on, let's move away from that area. You don't want to go there because of... Not that I'm saying that I would ever re-offend again because I'm hoping, and so far it's been 12 years and I've touched wood, it's not happened. But just in case I, I did and I wouldn't expect it to, but... Yeah, there are places that I wouldn't go anywhere near. And, and oh, finally, John, listen, I could talk to you all morning, but we've got to move on. I'm, I, I really appreciate your call and your honesty. This must be, it's a very brave thing for you to do. Finally, you, I, I've noticed as well, you keep um, flop, flipping and flopping between saying that, that the crime you committed and then actually saying that you, di- you didn't commit a crime. What, what do you think about what happened? I, I think I was in the wrong area, wrong situation, wrong time. I was in the wrong place. And my person that accused me of what happened, um, I just feel I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Did you, did you do it? Did you, did you commit a sexual offence against a child? No, I didn't. Yet yeah, the, 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 the CPS and the, the legal system found enough evidence yes. to send you to prison for 12 years. And you, you've, you've admitted yourself this morning that um, you've had to undergo a lot of rehabilitation to kind of tame those impulses. Yes. Basically, uh, when you're in prison and you go and you, you get into a rehabilitation to get yourself, um, I was going to say a shorter sentence, but to get yourself through the prison service, they they um, give you courses like cognitional courses, they give you um, offence courses, they give you rehabilitation courses that you do, and, and the way they look at it in a prison, I don't know whether you're aware, um, they... they if you don't do certain courses, you don't do certain things in the prison, it goes against you in the prison service. They're getting you back out of the community, and then when you are back out in the community through the probation service, through the police, into your future life, you, if you haven't done these certain courses or sat and done yeah. through these rehabilitation courses in the prison service, that, that goes against you. It in your goes against life. you. Would it be fair to say, John, that you've learnt to say the right things to, to, um, to kind of get your freedom, you've not actually changed in any way? Yes. Yeah. Yes. John, yes. listen, I really appreciate your honesty this morning. Thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks a lot. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Well, there's, this is why I love doing this job so much, is that people phone up and they are completely honest with you. Where else are you going to hear that? 
John, thank you very much. Your thoughts, please, if you want to. 08459 We're a little bit late. Sorry, Simon. It's 7.35. Let's get the news. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, BBC Three Counties Radio has learned that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row which has led to the resignation of the mayor was a violent serial rapist. Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. And an ambitious plan to build a new airport in the Thames estuary has been rejected by the Airports Commission. The project had been championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The transfer window closed last night with Manchester United at the centre of the main deals. They signed Columbia striker Radamel Falcao on loan from Monaco, with England striker Danny Welbeck leaving United for Arsenal for £16 million. Locally, Milton Keynes Dons have kept hold of teenage midfielder Deli Alley, who had been linked with several Premier League clubs. Luton duo Solomon Taiwo and Ricky Miller have joined conference side Dover Athletic on loan, and Wickham extended the loan of Brentford centre-back Alfie Mawson until January the first. Meanwhile, the former Brighton manager Oscar Garcia remains the favourite to replace Beppe Sonino at Watford. Our Watford commentator John Marks believes the new coach will be in place before Watford's next championship match a week on Saturday. I would expect a swift appointment. Um, I, I don't see that Watford will be hanging around here. Um, I, I would um, expect that they have, by, they have identified their man or certainly narrowed it down to one or two and they would expect to have someone in place certainly before the next game at Charlton in, in just under two weeks' time. Stevenage and Wickham are in Johnston's Paint Trophy action tonight. Wickham are at home to Coventry. Stevenage hosts Gillingham. There's commentary on both games in three counties sport from seven. In tennis, Andy Murray is through to the US Open quarterfinals after beating Joe Wilfred Songer in straight sets. Murray will play Novak Djokovic next. We've had a lot of uh, long ones. There's normally a lot of rallies and we played a long one here a few years ago and have uh, great memories from that match so I hope we can play another uh, top level match and yeah it'll be it'll be very hard but if I play well I have a chance. The European Ryder Cup golf team will be announced this lunchtime for the clash with the USA later this month. Woburn's Ian Poulter and Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald are both hoping to be among the three wildcard picks and England's cricketers face India in the fourth one day international at Edgbaston. England are 2-0 down in the five match series. BBC Three Counties News and Sport the next full bulletin is at Eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm still, um, I'm still recovering from that call with, uh, with John, Catherine. I think we all are. Wasn't that, uh, it was fascinating. Uh, isn't it brilliant that people f- feel they can phone up and tell us Hello. with such painful honesty their stories? But there are certain things you wish you hadn't heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yes, definitely. Um, you, if you want to give up, uh, give us a call and uh, give us your thoughts on John again, not his real name. Uh, you're more than welcome to oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. No doubt that, uh, or at least portions of that, will find its way into this week's podcast as well. Now, the family of Maya Shazad say changes have to be made before another child is killed in Berry Park. The comments came following a heated community meeting with Luton Council and police officials last night. Three-year-old Maya was knocked down and killed by a bus on Dunstable Road in Berry Park on the 8th of August. Very sad story. Our reporter, Ben Nye, spoke with Maya's grandmother, Rabina Imtiaz, after the meeting last night. My name is Rabina Imtiaz. 
and the purpose of this meeting today that we held was because we were not having any response from or feedback from the police. Um, no feedback even from the road layouts. And the purpose of this meeting is to get justice for Maya, but it's very sad the fact that a child had to die before anything had to happen or realise that we have to do this or that. Burry Park is a very dangerous place, it's not very safe at all. Um, there are no crossings. And also the fact that Burry Park is a busy area and that knowing that no one actually saw the event happening is very strange. Um, and the way that the police handled on the day of the incident was absolutely a disgrace. Well, my granddaughter was just left on the floor with her brain just split on the floor, not covered. It was really hard to see her like that. And the fact that no one even offered to put anything on her and then one of the gentlemen from the clothes shop just bought his overall and put it over her to cover her up. This was a job for the police to do. As the, the, you're the grandmother, you're, yes. you're the, the matriarch, I yes. suppose, of the family. How have you seen kind of the ripple you know, go through your, your entire family? How has this affected you? Affected? It's like a hole. We have a black hole. She never used to go home. I basically brought, I brought all of them up, but this, she was very special. She was a three-and-a-half-year-old child who had a very bright future ahead of her. And today, in a way, the way it has been, it shouldn't have been. I, sh I should have gone to her... Um, ceremonies like for graduation or birthdays or a wedding but it's sad to say that I had to come to, some, to something like this but I will get justice for Maya and do whatever I can but the whole family is just like a house is so dead without her and we feel dead and numb that's all I can say and today the meeting how do you think it went the meeting itself uh, from the community went very well but it's sad that the police and the council didn't have much to say or any uh, could not answer our questions. Well, that was uh, Maya's grandmother, Rabina Imtiaz, speaking to Ben Nye after a very emotionally charged meeting. It's a very sad story. Uh, listening to that is Atik Malik from Liberty Law, the family solicitor. Morning, Atik. Hi, uh, good morning. What's, what's your involvement with the family? Basically, it's just to help them at the moment, support them, and um, facilitate the communication between them and the police primarily. Um, because as you've heard, there's been a breakdown in communication there, which has added to the frustration and grief that they're already suffering uh, from their tragic loss. Was last night a success, in your opinion? It was a success to some extent, um, quite simply because it gave the community and the family the opportunity to air their concerns um, to the council and the police. And the reason why that was necessary is because prior to last night, um, most of the community and the council thought that their issue um, was with simply the death of Maya. Was it is. There were other surrounding issues that are even more important, such as the general layout of the Bury Park area and the manner in which the police interacted with people, which wasn't really brought to light before and was um, cemented quite well last night into the last night's meeting. What, what, are, what are the complaints about the way the police interacted with people? Complaints are that when the police um, attended, they allegedly um, were quite physically um, with the mother of the child, who was distraught and on the floor. Phys physically um, in what way? 
um, grabbed her by the arm, pushed her around. They were quite um, also verbally uh, inappropriate, um, using terminology as allegedly such as stop over-exaggerating, stop overreacting, which is quite shocking uh, for the community, bearing in mind that you couldn't get anything more tragic and shocking than what happened here. Um, and uh, and what the community felt and the family felt was that they were not being given the respect and dignity they deserved, particularly in such heated emotional circumstances. I mean, that is touching... Is it really a suggestion that the police uh, manhandled and were verbally abusive to the mother of a, 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 of a child that had just been killed? Yes, and not only and, uh, there's suggestions that about formal complaints have been submitted alongside photographs of bruising on her arm and so, also. OK. There was an interesting... Obviously, I wasn't at the meeting, but our reporter, Ben Nye, was, and he played us some interesting audio uh, where a chant started, started uh, a few times of, of something along the lines of, we want justice. Yes. What, what justice were they calling for? Because uh, is, is there an argument that this, this was anything more than a tragic, tragic accident? Mm-hmm. Uh, they want uh, justice and answers to all of the questions that are asked. One of the reasons why there, there, there is some frustration is apparently um, the Arriva bus that was involved, um, and there's two other buses that were in close proximity. None of them had working CCTV that's been provided to the police. Whether it's a willful failure or a failure because of actual CCTV not working is very concerning. And there were also alleged delays in the actual investigation initially, too. And so the chart of We Want Justice is simply we want this investigation to be carried out as effectively and expeditiously as possible, not just by the police, but with the cooperation of other entities such as the Reefer, who failed to attend or even give a statement yesterday to mm. give their condolences, which again was taken. Uh, you know, was uh, quite a lot of hurt to the family and the community. Ariva, I think, said that the reason they weren't going was because of these the, these investigations. I think there are two investigations going on. Uh, and I believe as well the council and the police couldn't really say anything last night because of the investigations. Now, as frustrating as that must be for everybody who was there, that is understandable, isn't it? Did, was it the right well, time to hold the meeting with these investigations well, ongoing? Well, actually, the council and police did answer the question. Okay. Because the questions that were asked were not around the investigation, which were made very clear. The questions that were asked were about the police conduct, which is not a part of the investigation. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the answers that were given were unsatisfactory. So it wasn't a case of the police were answering, we are unable to answer your questions because of an investigation. It was the fact that the responses the council were giving to the road layout and the response that the police gave, the community and the public that were there simply found it unsatisfactory and unacceptable. Well, uh, do, uh, do we have any idea, Attic, when uh, we're going to see the results of these investigations? I think it's going to take a while because whenever there's any sort of a death involved, um, you tend to find that there's also an interest involved um, and other protracted procedures for investigation. Um, there's also massive of amounts of CCTV that need to be yeah. viewed as informed by the police. So I think it's going to be a, a, probably a few, good few weeks or even months okay. down the line, I think. Okay. Uh, I think it's a very sad story. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Atik Malik from Liberty Law, the family's solicitor. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, starting out on the M1, first of all, and delays on the southbound carriageway from Luton down towards Hemel. That's, of course, 9 towards 8. Really slow into London on the M1. It's all because of an accident on the northbound carriageway between 5 and 6. Watford up to Bricket Wood. The left lane is shut as the car's overturned, and so southbound past the scene is slow, moving with everybody having a look. M25, the clockwise entry, slip road junction 23 from South Mims is partially blocked with a breakdown. Anti-clockwise usual delays from 21A round towards 16, the M. 40. Now on the A1, northbound is down to one lane between the Sandy Roundabout and the Black Cat Roundabout as a lorry's overturned, so the outside lane is now open. Uh, the uh, recovery lights take place until mid-morning. And the A421 Buckingham closed this morning at the A413 Total Roundabout because of roadworks causing queues on the approaches. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 7.47, it's Tuesday the 2nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This show has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row, which has led to the resignation of the mayor, was a violent serial rapist. Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. And an ambitious plan to build a new airport in the Thames estuary has been rejected by the airport's commission. The project had been championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's very cloudy for some to start off the day, and in fact, it may remain overcast for many. It will brighten up in some spots, but certainly not for everybody. But we will at least have a largely dry day with light winds and temperatures reaching 21 degrees Celsius. And it continues with uh, a lot of cloud through the night as well. A couple of clear spells, but temperatures down to 13 degrees, so quite mild. Tomorrow, another cloudy start to the day, probably some fog patches around first thing. Um, But that cloud does thin through the day, so by the afternoon we're looking at uh, some uh, sunny spells developing and temperatures reaching 22 degrees celsius now thursday a touch on the foggy side to start once more but it does brighten up and it looks like the warmest day of the week but friday and saturday generally bright with sunny spells with just a slight risk of showers that's your latest forecast every weekday morning it went pink did it ping again? It did about about a week later. It went ping again. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I just don't know where or what to do now. I went to speak to this retailer who had told Sue that because the sofa was out of its 12-month guarantee, they didn't have any liability. Well, we all know that's rubbish, don't we? The JVS Show fights for your rights. Jonathan and I have got the whitest, cleanest overhead door available. Listen, I'm going to thank your credit card very much for getting things sorted out and any other problems, you know where we are. Thank you so much for everything. It took me seven months to sort it out. You've done it in two weeks. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Ah. Three Counties Radio. Okay, we've got some guests coming in in a second. Before that, before, uh, well, about half past seven, we spoke to, it was John, yes. wasn't it? Not, not his real name. Not his real name, who had been uh, sentenced, to, or no, I think he said he'd served 12 years for um, a sexual offence against a child, uh, which he claims he didn't do. 
Um, but he'd undergone uh, uh, therapy and treatment and he had learnt to say the right things. We had a couple of texts. Uh, Phil in Dunstable says, that didn't seem fair. Did John know what he just said? I, I assume, I would assume he did. I don't think there was any trick questions in there. And Tony says, John is very brave for coming on the radio and saying what he has done, but he finds it hard to admit his crime. He still finds it hard to be in certain places without help. He definitely needs more help and support. He could be a danger if he doesn't get more help. The urge is still with him. Uh, John's in Bucks. Morning, John. Good morning. Uh, John is your real name this time. What would you like to say? God, I, I'm, I'm, ugh, I feel sick to the stomach. Um, I think, to be honest, I, I did some work for, um, for merging with three shared services, the people that merge, uh, that, that look after these people. They have a, a big board and they monitor where they are. Literally these people, you mean, you mean people like John? Who've, who've, who've cru- I mean, sick animals that need to be put down. Yeah, so we spend £10,000 a week keeping in prison. You, you, so, mean, you mean, you mean uh, people who've committed sexual offences against children who have served time in prison? Pedophiles. Yeah. Let's call them what they are. Okay. Now, these people... Okay, I'll, I'll ask you a simple question. What's your nature? Are you heterosexual or are you homosexual? I, I, if what, I asked what, if what, I asked you to be the opposite, if I said to you be the opposite, you yes. couldn't be, could you? It's their nature. Okay. And, and, and to me, their nature is, is, you know, they should just be put down like a lame, a lame horse or a dog. The, this man shows that he has told the uh, authorities what they want to hear to get out. He has no remorse. He shows no um, acceptance of what he did. And that has to be the fundamental of any kind of parole or allowing anybody on a licence or, or, and, you know, it's so disgusting. And I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have a society, we have issues facing the world like overpopulation by 2050. We don't need people like this. We don't need them in prison. Never mind all this help and support. What help? What about the victims of, of animals like this? The 300-odd victims for Jimmy Savile. I mean, you know, every one of these creates, a, 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 you know, a, a wreck the lives of hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, if everyone they touch, everyone they pollute. And what, what's your role, John, in working with these uh, the, the people? Uh, well, what I did was I worked on a project merging three three of the shared services. Yeah. So there are these shared services between the NHS, the social working people, and the police. Um, and there's these groups, and and they were talking to me. They told me that they they never. Not only do they never change their nature but some of them they give um, uh, uh, drugs um, injections and things and chemicals to to control them and they said that they those don't actually stop their nature they simply stop them acting on them and a bit like making them impotent but they then move they plan moving to another area so they can't be monitored they have to be monitored every day somebody has to know whereabouts they are and, and sort of have a reason to to have something to do with them so I mean, and look at the cost to our society. It would be much better to say, you know what, your nature, there's, there's been something very badly wrong with you. You've been messed up seriously badly um, to have this nature about you, and we don't want it in our society. Very quickly, John, because we're running out of time, just a very short answer. You're saying it's okay to kill people because they've been messed up at some point in their life? Listen, um, if, 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 if he was writhing in agony because, because uh, uh, of something and the only, only thing you could do was, was put him to sleep, that's exactly what I would do. And to be honest, this is what this person will serve no purpose in any society. Okay.
John, I've got, I've got to cut, cut you short there. Thank you very much for your time. Your thoughts on that? 08459 555 555. Hey, we're always asking, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. And this is exactly what our next guest has done. Claudette Caradice from Hertfordshire says her family have been treated appallingly after her husband went into Chase Farm Hospital for head surgery in 2007. Since then, Alexander and his family have been waiting for care and the answers they need to move on with their lives. Well, Claudette joins me now. Good morning, Claudette. Good morning. Is this your boy? Yeah, this is my son. One of the twins is oh, Alexander. He's a big lad. How old are you, Alex? 23. He's a big lad. Okay. You've got the same name as your dad? Yes. That's correct, yeah. How does that work around that? Is that not confusing? Um, no, not really. Sometimes she just calls me Alex, and then right. sometimes... It's a strong name. It's just yeah. a sh- Claudette, let's start from the beginning. What, what, what happened to uh, your husband? Why was he admitted to hospital, and when, when was he admitted? Yeah. It was in December 2007. Um, it wasn't Chase Farm, it was Raw, raw Free Hospital. Okay, thank you, yes. Um, he went there because he woke up with, with a headache. And it, the headache would keep persisting mm. and it won't go away. So he went to another hospital and they did a scan and they found a tiny bleed. Mm. So they tr- say, you need to go to Royal Free Hospital. So they transfer him the next day to Royal Free. But prior to that, he was still working. Right. He thought it was just a normal headache. So he was fine. He just had a headache. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. He didn't, he wasn't ill or anything like that so we went to uh, Raw Free in December the 14th and they've done some tests he passed the test because his limbs he was still active Mm. so we met the consultant management team which he was under on the 18th and said they're going to go through his head my husband was reluctant because he didn't want them to touch his head he said got me groins or me nose so the management team said, oh, no, we need to go through your head. Don't worry. It's a straightforward operation. You have no complication. Mm. It's just we're just going to go in a clip. So he was a bit reluctant. And I thought, well, I said, can we look at the scans? What are you looking at? But he said, no, no, take our word for it. Yeah. So we didn't see anything. So yeah. I don't know where this bleed was supposed to be in his head mm. because we, they didn't show us no scan nothing anyway the operation went uh, on the 21st of December mm. and my husband came out confused very confused because they said we don't come on the day we will ring you um, when the operation's finished I thought that was strange so they rang me could you come quickly your husband's standing up he's standing near a wall so I said well what's he doing he's calling out names I said, well, he's a builder. Mm. That's what he does. So I quickly went and he looked at me. He goes, what are you doing at my work? I said, where are you? Mm. He said, I'm in South London doing a job. He goes, where's the twins? Says Alexander Shana Rose, because yeah. they usually take him on the job with him. Yeah. And he was shouting out the, his, the guy's name. I said, Alex, you're in hospital. He said, no, I'm not. I'm working. You shouldn't be here. So I turned around and said to the nurse, hold on a minute, something's wrong here. Can you call the management team or somebody to come see? Oh, yes, Mrs. Cabra, we will. I sat there to then to now. Yeah. Nobody came. Sorry? Nobody. At all? Not at all. To talk to me, what has happened to him? Nobody. So he was, he was fine when he went into the operation. He had a headache. Yeah. They said, we're just going to go in, do a little thing, piece of cake, no worries. Yeah. He wakes up and he's, um, he's kind of lost it a little bit. He yeah, thinks he's confused, somewhere else. Yeah. He's confused. That's, thank you. That's a more delicate way of yeah. putting it. Thank you. Uh, and that was, that was seven years ago. Yeah. And no one's come and explained what happened. Nope. I Gosh. complained to uh, Raw Free itself. 
I was told I'm making too much noise. And then somebody said, a spokesman said, oh, you don't know who you're coming up against. And I said, I don't care. I want to know what is wrong with mm. him. Can somebody explain what is wrong with him? Because this doesn't make no sense. How does it affect... We're going to take a break in a second and go to the news, but I want to get the rest of it. Very quickly, how does this affect him day to day? Oh, it's hard work. Yeah. It's very... Because even though he was transferred to Chase Farm, it was left on to me and the family to do. Mm. We had to... When his muscles weak, that means if it goes in the sun, if it gets hot, this sodium mm. takes off. So he can't be in the hot. If he's in the cold... He can't be in a cold because he go hypothermia because no. his temperature don't work. So you're balancing oh. everything and it's like mayhem because he's got short-term memory loss. Yeah. So he doesn't know the days of the week. Claudia, Alex, listen, I've got to do a little bit of business. Yeah. Stay there because I want to get a little bit more of this after the news. Yeah. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's really slow on the southbound M1. We can see on camera south of Luton Junction 10 down towards 9 Redbourne. Uh, the M1 into London is still quite slow, although the accident on the northbound side is clear between 5 and 6. A1 fully open. The recovery of the lorry that overturned earlier between Sandy and Blackout roundabouts has been completed, so all open there. A421, though, busy towards Buckingham because of the roadworks. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Coming up, we'll find out more about what happened to Alexander after his operation and how it's affected the family. We'll also be uh, getting the latest on this story about the cab driver convicted. It's quite a grim day today, I'll be honest. And we'll be taking your calls. But first of all, let's get the news. Here's Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, the headlines. BBC uncovers full extent of Milton Keynes' taxi driver's crimes. Council put road changes on hold after death of Luton Child. And Nick Clegg criticises response to Asher King case. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio has learned that a Milton Keynes taxi driver who was approved to carry passengers was a violent serial rapist. 44-year-old Nadim Ahmed Kiani served eight years for sexual assaults on prostitutes in 1994 threatening them with weapons. Despite having this information at a meeting in 2012, councillors lifted a suspension of Kiani's licence. The rows led to the resignation of the mayor, who vouched for him. Law Commissioner Nicholas Payne's QC wants to see a set of minimum standards across the country. We do think that there should be offences, and we haven't specified them, but um, serious sexual offences are an obvious candidate for it. There should, in our opinion, be offences which you must not have committed if you want to be a taxi or minicab. Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. A public meeting was held in the town last night, attended by Maya Shazad's family and Bedfordshire Police. Councillor Dave Taylor was also at the meeting. Until the police investigation is over, and the police may make recommendations, but initially they've said... Um, in their opinion, and their initial investigation was that uh, the road layout played no part in the accident. But when the investigation is at its conclusion, 
and the coroner, if they do make suggestions, then we'll implement those suggestions. The Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, has criticised the treatment of a British couple who removed their seriously ill son from hospital. Asher King's parents are being detained for three days in Spain while the court considers an extradition request from Britain. Mr Clegg says the parents' motives seem to be sincere. Throwing the full force of the law at Mr and Mrs King, who appear to be doing what they believe to be best for their own family, I don't think is, is an appropriate thing to do. But, you know, that, at the end of the day, is for the police and the Crown Prosecution Service and others to decide. David Cameron says tougher anti-terrorism measures to deal with British-born jihadists fighting or planning to fight in Iraq and Syria are designed to combat the likes of a Buckinghamshire man. The High Wycombe man who calls himself a Wallachi has been uncovered by, by the BBC's Newsnight programme. The Prime Minister said new measures would help. It is shocking to read when someone born and raised in Britain, schooled in our country, says the only reason I want to come back to Britain is to bomb and to maim and to kill. And of course, we should make sure we have laws and we do have laws so that people who say and do these things can be prosecuted. And the Bedfordshire MP and former Foreign Office Minister Alistair Burt will be speaking to Ian in the next half hour. An ambitious plan to build a new airport in the Thames estuary, championed by the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, has been rejected by the Airports Commission. The Commission will now choose between expansion plans for Heathrow and Gatwick. In sport, Milton Keynes-Dons have kept hold of teenage midfielder Deli Alley, who was being linked with various Premier League clubs ahead of last night's transfer deadline. The weather, cloudy with a chance of a shower, but also some bright or sunny spells a maximum temperature 21 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties thank you simon morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio coming up we'll have the latest on the, the rogue taxi driver that we've been talking about also taking your calls on the back of uh, the phone call we had uh, from john who served 12 months in prison 08459 555555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Bucks. Before the news, we were speaking uh, to Claudette and her son Alex about her husband, his dad, Alexander. Went to hospital, he had a, a, a headache. They said, oh, it's fine, we can sort this out. Did a little operation and since then he's been very, very poorly. Gets very confused. You're saying he can't regulate his, his body temperature in the way that, that other people can do. Uh, he has periods when his muscles just don't work yeah. And he has all. no thirst. He's got what? No thirst. He's not... Th- Wait, he doesn't get thirsty? No. How does that work? That's what we want to know. Wow. If you give him a glass... Yeah. ...and say, Alex, drink it, you take a sip, and it's still there. All right. Alex, you need to drink. Isn't that interesting? I'm not thirsty. So it would be fair to surmise that at some point during the operation, perhaps... Something's happened to his brain. Something, something has, has stopped working. A fuse has gone somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this was seven years ago. Yeah. You were just telling me during the news that um, <clears throat> when he's at his worst, and it kind of fluctuates, yeah. it's hard work, and he can't get around. And you were saying that until recently, until you had some ramps put in, that your, your twins had to drag Can him around on a, on a quilt. quilt. Yeah, because once the, when the sodium rise, mm. it goes right high. It goes to 170. And all muscle kicks out. Mm. Everything kicks out. So he, he's six foot four. So he can't pull himself up. Yeah. He can't get up. So the only way we can get him from down, um, upstairs to downstairs is by the twins, um, by carrying him, mm. or when we get out and pull him 
in a, on a quilt. Alex, I've had to do, surprisingly, I've had to do similar things with my mum when she was particularly ill. It, it, it's hard work, isn't it? How, how is you as, 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 what's it like as a son mm-hmm. um, having to look after your dad like that? It's very difficult because he's always been his own man. So, um, yeah, it's just hard. But I just, I just, me and my sisters get along with it and yeah. just have to... It's dad, isn't it? Yeah, well, you, you just have to do it. But yeah. it's, it, it's tough, isn't it? Having to pick your dad up. And no, it is difficult, yeah. Oh, totally my true. husband cries. Yeah. Mm. He does cry because he's six foot four. You know, proud. A, proud man. Yeah, definitely proud. He runs his, he had a business called ANC Property Maintenance, which mm-hmm. he was doing building work. I mean, he can build you a house from scratch. Mm. He has, he, he's got a talent mm. and he was training his kids. We've got an old, older daughter. She's done a bit of building work. She's, cause she's 33, but the twins are 23. And he wanted them to know mm. that through life, you can't depend on anybody. You, if you can't do paperwork, use your hands. Mm-hmm. Make sure you've got another skill. So if the paperwork yeah. fell, you've got a skill to go so out So he's been there. doing a good job as a dad. You've yeah. not had uh, a care package in place not for all this seven years. And it sounds like you needed one. Is, is one in place now? Yeah. I have to say thank you to Barnet Hospital. Yep. It's called Palm Ward. All of them. And what does that care involve? Someone coming uh, around a couple of times a day? No, we've got two nurses yep. and three carers seven days a week. Brilliant. Um, it helps him. Yeah. It's got to, because as he is no first, he doesn't think he's thirsty. So they have to administrate his fluid and his injection. Right. And also he has, um, they attach, we thought when they said he's got um, a shunt put in his head yeah. to relieve the fluid from the brain, I reckon. And then later on we found out the shunt is not in his head, oh. it's on his spine. It's attached to his spine, so it goes on his spine, round to his stomach, and the fluid go into the stomach. Right. So that's for life, which we can't understand. Why has he got it? Mm. Why would, if it's a straightforward operation, why this man got all these problems, mm. which Rolfrey never told us about, never explained. All right, then, it goes to Chase Farm. Chase Farm should have explained if they pass it on to Chase Farm. It does they sound sh- like they've not given you... Even the basic information we've got. So we spoke to the Royal Free Trust, who yeah. say the Royal Free London NHS Foundation Trust takes any complaints about it, about its care for patients very seriously. We've looked into the issues raised by Mrs. Caradice about her husband's care, and wrote to her in some detail in early July to apologise for what happened earlier and to explain the care arrangements that have since been put in place. What's your yeah. response to that? <laughs> Royal Free didn't do no care arrangement. They didn't wrote to me and tell me I'm sorry. All I got was a letter saying that um, about, you know, you've got, you're unhappy with the care plan put in. Mm. But I already said thank you to Barnet. Yeah. Rothery took over Barnet and Chase Farm on the 1st of July. The care plan was put in in June. I have got papers to show yep. that it was Barnet Hospital, that wonderful consultant and their team up there, Call a meeting when my husband went in there for five times. When he went in five times, he was still under Chase Farm. So he didn't get involved. And then when he came in again, he said, I had enough of this. I'm not having this man in and out of my mm. hospital. The reason Alex has to go in, yeah. he has to be dripped. Yeah. He's got to put a fluid into his arm. He can't have saline because the problem with the salt. He can't have sugar now because he's got diabetes type 2. So they've got to come to some uh, thing to have 
a different type of solution to bring him down slowly. Because yeah. if you bring him down too fast, Alex revert back to he, when he was a builder. Right. Mm. And he would look at the hospital as he's working. Starts he gets, down. Yeah, he's, yeah, he gets confused. Yeah, doesn't he? Listen, very. we've got to move on. I'm glad you've got a care plan in place. Yes. He's very lucky to have both of you. Mm. That, that, that's to be said. Well done. You're doing a cracking job. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank what you. What a terrible for story. Thank us. you very much indeed. Thanks. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four five nine four double five five double five. Now, yesterday we told what a busy show we've got this morning. Yesterday we told you that the mayor of Milton Keynes has resigned after personally vouching for. You got to keep quiet now. Doing the radio. Very nice to meet you. See you later on. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, yesterday we told you that the mayor of Milton Keynes has resigned after personally vouching for a convicted rapist's suitability for a taxi licence. Well, today we can exclusively reveal details of the offence which councillors knew about before they passed him fit to take fares. BBC Three Counties Radio has seen the letter regarding 44-year-old Nadim Ahmed Kiani sent by Thames Valley Police to the licensing committee. We won't go into the details... But it was a series of very violent and aggressive sexual assaults on prostitutes involving him and a partner and various weapons. Thoroughly unpleasant, thoroughly violent, thoroughly aggressive. Horrible, horrible situation. I don't think we need to play it now. We've got young ears listening. But I'm joined now by the uh, chief executive of the Susie Lamplew Trust, Rachel Griffin. Good morning to you, Rachel. Good morning. I, I won't go into details, but these these were a series of attacks on prostitutes that were very violent, were sexually aggressive, uh, uh, and were thoroughly unpleasant. This fellow's been driving a cab uh, for quite some time. He's been suspended now. What's interesting was, when he applied for the taxi licence, he was completely honest. And he said, look, I've got this criminal record. And he was still past fit to drive. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, organisations like mine, um, organisations like the police have for years been ramming home the message, always take a licensed minicab, um, never risk just getting into a car of some stranger because they could be a rapist. Um, and to have licensing authorities undermining that, that important safety message by, by knowingly licensing people with, with sexual um, offences in their background, um, it, it, it's just shocking. It's just shocking. It, 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 I mean, yeah, yes. It, it, uh, this happened, I think, in 1994. So it happened some time ago. He was sentenced to eight years. But it, 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 it's just not worth any risk, is it? There, there will be uh, uh, women, single women, groups of women, getting into the back of these cars. And it's just not worth taking the risk, is it, with things like this? It's not worth taking the risk, no. And and um, and driving a taxi or or a private hire minicab um, vehicle is one of those offences which is which is ex- which is exempt um, under the Rehabilitation Offenders Act. It's one of those where, as you said earlier on in your programme, it's just you're just so vulnerable when you get into a, into a, into a minicab or a taxi um, that you just cannot take the risk. Now this fella has had his uh, his taxi licence revoked, but we do know that there is another taxi driver in Milton Keynes also convicted of a sex offence. We don't know what that offence is, still hasn't had his licence revoked. Can people feel safe in taxis, do you think? 
They, they absolutely need to. They need to feel safe in taxis. We, when the door is shut, you are, whoever we are, male or female, we become very vulnerable. We are in the hands of that driver. Um, and I think it is, it is incumbent on every licensing authority to take the utmost care uh, to ensure that they, they, they remove any known risk um, from, from the people getting into their minicabs. There are some, I mean, it's down to, the, to various boroughs to, to kind of set their own standards. And there are some that have very high standards. I have here uh, the, the table for Leeds, which, which sets incredibly high standards for, for crimes that, that drivers can or cannot have committed if they want to get a licence. Are, are, are there other places, do we know, Rachel, that are, are, are particularly hot on this? I think that um, in London, Transport for London as the licensing authority are pretty hot on it. And I think where um, licensing authorities are particularly good is where they don't just rely on criminal convictions. Thinking about what we know about the conviction rate for rape, thinking about what we know about how reluctant people are to report rape in the first place, um, it's worth bearing in mind complaints that may have been made against the driver, regardless of whether a conviction has been reached, because because the standard for a conviction, the standard for evidence, is, is so very, very high. So, so licensing authorities that take into account complaints about someone's character as well as convictions um, are those that are doing it right, I think. And CRB checks, or I can't remember what they're called now, they're not called CRB, it's something else, but is, is that, is that, that to me doesn't feel it's necessarily enough. Yeah, I agree. I think it's essential, but it's, but it's not enough. Um, the di- disclosure and barring service will, as I say, only uh, reveal um, convictions. And if they're renewed every three years, a lot can happen in three years. So actually, one of the things that we're a little bit concerned about is what's going through at the moment, um, going through the laws at the moment, which is the deregulation bill, which for those licensing authorities which currently do checks on drivers to renew their licenses every every one year annually, um, that's, that's looking at being reduced to every three years, which we think is actually a regret. Mm. We had a call earlier on, Rachel, from someone who um, said that we were demonising um, ex-convicts, that everyone has a right to rehabilitation, and that by, kind of, by even having this discussion, we were demonising ex-convicts. What's your thought on that? I think that um, um, it's really important to make a distinction between um, saying that someone who has a history of, of sexual offending should not be driving a, a minicab or a taxi and saying that they shouldn't be rehabilitated or have a right to work uh, more broadly. Um, I would hope that there are a number of jobs that an ex-offender could do, um, but I think when it's a sexual offender, driving a minicab is not one of them. Uh, Rachel, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. That's uh, Rachel Griffin, Chief Executive of the Susie Lamplu Trust. And if I'm, I'm imagining, you know what? I've just realised how old I am. I'm, I'm imagining there are people uh, out there listening to this who don't know what the, don't understand the resonance of the name Susie Lamplu. Um, if if you don't, and you've got five minutes later on, go and have a little Google because. Um, that was an incredible story and um, hence because of that we get to speak to people like Rachel. Rachel, thank you very much indeed. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very busy on the motorways in this uh, morning, including the M1, slow in patches southbound from, uh, well, around Luton Junction 10 towards 9. That's the Redbourne exit. And then it's very heavy passing 8 we've seen on the speed sensors. A1M, usual congestion southbound passing Stevenage. But good news for the A1. Just a reminder, it's all open now between the Sandy roundabout and the Black Cat roundabout. The lorry that overturned earlier was quickly recovered, which is good news. The uh, A421 over Buckingham closed this morning at the A4. 
413 total roundabout until 8 o'clock this evening, we're told by police. That's for roadworks. It's been causing delays uh, already this morning, especially westbound from the MK side. M25, by the way, usual delays anti-clockwise down towards Junction 16 for the M40. Trains looking good with no reported problems. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.17. It's Tuesday the 2nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This show has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row, which has led to the resignation of the mayor, was a violent serial rapist. The Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, has criticised the treatment of a British couple who removed their seriously ill son from hospital. Asher King's parents are being detained for three days in Spain. And Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tonight brings another night of cup football to Three Counties Sport. We bring you every game from your local team, including the first round of the Johnston Paint Trophy, where Stevenage hosts Gillingham. And that was a fantastic ball from Weltdale. And Wickham entertain Coventry. What a goal for Wickham, it's Peter Murphy, his third of the season. Hear all the action live, tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll have a go. <laughs> I'll have a go. Jonathan, you only live, you only live really? once. Really? Yeah, that might. Oh, come on. The wife's the away hell? until Friday. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> then, uh, then it's all back to normal. Now. Jonathan Bernard-Smith <laughs> is here. Yes, you're right. You shaved your beard off, haven't the, you? The beard's... Yes, I have. Well, well spotted. Shame. What was your well, first clue? One or two people said, yeah. or I thought rather unkindly when I took that photograph of you, one or two oh, people yeah. said, you look like Jeremy Beadle. Yeah. Who said that? People who work here? <laughs> no. Who just losers on <laughs> the internet. Listeners. Ah, those, those, I don't care what these guys You say. don't care? Jeremy Beadle was, um, was, um, yeah. That's a shame. Did I look like Beadle? I don't think you did. No, I thought no. I looked handsome, and then it started getting a little bit wiry, and I thought, <laughs> off, off Right. And I had a lovely shave. Were you worried you'd look like an old, smelly tramp? No. Oh. Why would you say that? Well, I just why wondered. Would say, why would you say that? I just wondered. Why did you wonder that? I just wondered well, what, what, what the reason was you shaved it off. Odd thing to wonder. Why? <laughs> Well, a really odd thing to wonder. Well, well, do you think you look like a smelly old tram? No. What? No, of course not. Did no. you think that? No, no, no. What's on your show today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, would you advise women not to travel alone in taxis? Being very interested in this story. Mm. Uh, a 44-year-old man who was imprisoned for rape and serious sexual assault in 1994 has been working as a taxi driver in Milton Keynes. Nadim Ahmad Kiani and another man picked up prostitutes in a vehicle, threatened them with weapons and then raped and sexually abused them. This happened on four separate occasions. Mr Keane was given a licence to drive taxis, despite the fact the licensing board knew he had multiple convictions for rape and serious sexual assault. Milton Keynes Council has since discovered a further seven taxi drivers in the area had criminal convictions, and one who was convicted of sexual offence has not had his licence removed. Well, coming up at nine this morning, I want to know from you, would you advise women not to travel alone in taxis, would you allow your wife to get in a taxi on her own? Yes. 
You I, would. I, I, I would, because, I, because the majority of them are, are fantastic. It's such a tiny percentage, but yes, it's a little bit... Con- it, it's concerning, of course it is. Well, to be honest with you, as a, as a man, I hadn't really thought about this until, until this morning, mm. but all my colleagues upstairs, they were all saying, oh, no, I'd never let my wife or never let my girlfriend travel in, well, a, in a taxi on her I, own. I, I don't think I, it's a case of me letting her <laughs> do it. She'd do it if she wanted to do it. No, but I've got colleagues upstairs who said to me that they would rather get in their car at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and go and yeah. drive and pick up their wife or girlfriend than her catch a cab i didn't realize that there was oh, such a no. sense of a sense of uh, of fear no i wouldn't do that ca- I, I, I would do it if she wanted me to but I, I i would i would i would it's such a tiny percentage but yes it's concerning definitely well, from nine this morning i'd like to uh, i'd like to continue this conversation i'm going to be asking would you advise women not to travel alone in taxis perhaps you've had an experience yourself in a taxi here in beds hearts and bucks which has made you fearful of getting in one uh, perhaps you are very fearful of your wife or your daughter your mum or your sister getting in a taxi on her own or maybe you agree with ian that it's such a tiny tiny minority mm. of people that uh, that are in any way concerning driving taxis that it's really not worth worrying about but perhaps you have a fantastic taxi driver that you use and you're in no way fearful from nine this morning oh eight four five nine four double five five double five would you advise women not to travel alone in taxis on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, we'll come to you in a little bit. I know we've got lots of texts and Facebook, texts and things that I'm way behind. So we'll come to, to you in a, in a minute to, to, to go through those if we can. Now, David Cameron has promised tougher anti-terrorism measures to deal with British-born jihadists. Police will be given extra powers to seize the passports of suspects planning to fight in Iraq or Syria before they leave the UK, while those thought to have committed terrorist offences abroad could be banned from returning. Well, Alistair Burt is MP for North East Bedfordshire and a former Foreign Office Minister. Good Good morning, Alistair. Good morning, Ian. What, what are the legal ramifications of taking off a British citizen's passport, taking it away from them and, and refusing them entry into the country? Uh, well, there are already existing powers to take people's passports away if they're suspected of uh, travelling abroad with any criminal intent. Uh, you know, some people may be aware of uh, banning orders in relation to football, for example, where uh, in order to prevent football hooliganism some years ago, these powers were introduced, and it's helped, uh, it's helped enormously. There's a huge difference in scale, of course, between that and what we're talking about in terms of terrorist activity. But powers exist. Uh, as the Prime Minister said yesterday, the granting of a passport is not a right. Uh, it's a privilege for UK citizens. The Home Secretary has powers to take passports away. I think what the government is trying to do is make it more more difficult for people to go abroad with criminal intent, uh, more difficult for them to return undetected, and more difficult in the United Kingdom to associate people with people who may be encouraging those to go and commit terrorist acts. Could this make things worse? Because if people are returning and they refuse entry and they're stripped of their British citizenship, they, they are stateless, uh, that, that could just anger more people, couldn't it? Uh, yes, uh, and I'm not sure if the uh, if the thoughts about making people stateless will actually come to anything. Uh, there's considerable concern about the practicalities of this. People are rightly angry that someone who goes abroad and proclaims their hatred for the United Kingdom and says they now belong to something called uh, the Islamic State and have pledged their allegiance to that should somehow retain their British citizenship. The problem we all have is that everybody has to have a state. If one state decides to say 
say, uh, you know, we are revoking the citizenship of our individual uh, and they happen to be abroad in another state, well, we're going to find ourselves in a pass-the-parcel situation and other countries may well do the same with theirs. So I think that's one of the proposals the government will have to look at very carefully. That may not uh, be something that proves to be workable. But the other measures the government is talking about and will consult with other elements in the coalition and with the, uh, with the opposition uh, look much more practicable. Are these um, uh, powers very similar to the, the control to the ones that were abolished in 2011? There's a proposal to change what's called the the, 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 the TPIMS, which is a, a measure which was brought in after the control orders. Uh, the control orders had fallen foul of the courts, and the courts had rejected them, and accordingly bringing something back that would be rejected by the courts wouldn't be wise. But finding a way to improve the control orders uh, by... Uh, giving the government powers to relocate people. This was welcomed by the government's advisor, independent advisor on terrorism uh, this morning as a way of disrupting activity which could lead to the seduction of people Mm. into into terrorism. That may be more practical. And, And do we know, have we got reaction from other countries throughout Europe and the UN? Uh, I'm not aware of that. I mean, so far, uh, so far, these are measures being discussed within the United Kingdom Mm. to deal with the particular problem that we have. Okay, Alistair, listen, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, hopefully we can, we can talk again as these uh, things move on. Alistair Burt, MP for North East Bedfordshire, former Foreign Office Minister. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll be honest, it's a right old busy show this morning. We're, we're packing really them is. in, aren't we? You've worked up a sweat cast. A little bit. First time in about six years. Well, you know, first time for everything. Uh, we've got loads of texts, haven't we? What have we got? Yes, uh, Pat says, all taxi drivers will be tarred with the same brush if we, the public, cannot distinguish which driver has convictions and which do not. It's like playing Russian roulette with dangerous cab drivers. Are they all going to be reviewed now to ensure uh. we're all kept safe with trusted taxi drivers? 74% re-offend as criminals, according to that caller earlier on, so criminals can't be trusted, surely, says Pat. My, my, I re- I, I, I'm worried that we are slightly, we're doing that thing that sometimes the media does and we are ramping yep. up the fear when it's seven taxi drivers are known to have criminal records in Milton Keynes one of them is the, the, the rapist guy doesn't have his licence anymore one of them is, is known to be a sexual offence we have no idea what the other offences are they could be in inverted commas trivial they could be really serious and the, seven how many taxi drivers are there in Milton Keynes? Absolutely. It, it, is, it is a 0.00 whatever percent. It's such a tiny percentage. Not to say that there aren't bad cab drivers. Of course there are. But I don't want to be responsible for um, scaring people no. away from cab drivers. And women have a right to be able to travel by public transport without feeling frightened, so we actually need to do this yeah. rather than being frightened of doing so. This is good. This has come out. But there are things you can do to keep yourself safer, surely. Like what? Well, make sure you know the number of the taxi you're getting into. For example, yeah, yeah, obviously get, yeah, obviously, yes. Okay, so and don't get into a taxi that doesn't have a badge in the window. But even though these ones have got these are legitimate cab drivers with badges. Well, you look, you just need to make sure you've got as much information as possible. Yeah, I never sit next to them in the front. I know oh no, I never do that. But when I was younger, I used to do that just to sort of front it out. Oh no, no, I, I no. Oh gosh. Oh, Catherine. I know. I've gone all camp. No, I could never sit in the front of a... Unless my mates are in the back and then we're having a laugh with the drive. But I could never sit in the front if it was just me. Do you know why I did that? It's a weird reaction to weird things that happened to me um, as a teenager, sort of living on my own. There were a couple of times where people tried to attack me, basically. In a cab? Um, No, in the street. And so, oh. ever since then, I was—I've always been kind of—I'm not going to be a victim. I will not be a victim. So, so I'm fronting... not going to let you show me that you're, I'm frightened. 
I'm not going to show you that I'm frightened. But I would never do that now. But no. that was kind of a reaction to that stuff that was going well, on. I suppose, you know, it, 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 it let people know where you're going, the cab company, all that kind of stuff that we, that, is, that perhaps everybody should do, blokes as well, but we nece- we don't necessarily do it. Yeah. Because we'll, I, I'll be all right. But I, don't, I, I just want to, you know, and I appreciate all your texts. I know we've got some interesting calls coming in on this, but I, I really don't want to ramp up. No. I want to make this clear. I don't want to scare people away from using cabs. No, and I don't want, want to, to defame a load of, of really nice blokes who happen to be cab drivers. Yeah. OK, thank you, Catherine. We'll do some more of that in a bit. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's James. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Well, on the M25, anti-clockwise is heavy in patches down towards Junction 16. The M40 clockwise appears to be moving quite well. Can't see any delays on the sensors. M1 still heavy southbound from Junction 10 towards uh, 8 at Luton down to Hemel Hempstead. Usual congestion on the southbound A1M passing Stevenage. The A1 at uh, the Sandy Roundabouts, northbound fully open. There's a short queue still on the approach. Southbound approaching the Black Cat Roundabout is slow, according to our speed sensors. That's because of the roadworks, most likely. And if you're heading onto uh, trains, well, a good service across the three counties. I'm James Wally, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. BBC Three Counties Radio has learned that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row which has led to the resignation of the mayor was a violent serial rapist. The Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, has criticised the treatment of a British couple who removed their seriously ill son from hospital. Asher King's parents are being detained in Spain. And Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Dons have kept hold of teenage midfielder Delhi Alley, who was being linked with various Premier League clubs ahead of last night's transfer deadline. Elsewhere, Manchester United signed Columbia striker Radamel Falcao on loan from Monaco, with England striker Danny Welbeck leaving United for Arsenal for £16 million. The former Brighton manager Oscar Garcia remains the favourite to replace Beppe Sanino at Watford. And Stevenage and Wickham are in Johnston's paint trophy action tonight. Wickham returned to Coventry Stevenage hosts Gillingham with manager Graham Westley saying it's an important competition for the borough. It's an essential trophy from our point of view. Wembley's a destination that we've always enjoyed so um, you know we, we have to treat these, these competitions very seriously. Um, you know, it won't be us putting out a second string 11, we'll be going full throttle at it. Um, we want to win the tie, we want to get through to the next round, we'd love to you know, go as far as we can in the competition. And there's commentary on the Wickham and Stevenage matches in Three Counties Sport from seven. In tennis, Andy Murray is through to the US Open quarterfinals after beating Joe Wilfred Songer in straight sets. Murray will play Novak Djokovic next. The European Ryder Cup golf team will be announced this lunchtime for the clash with the USA later this month. Woburn's Ian Poulter and Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald are both hoping to be among the wildcard picks, as Ian Carter reports. There are four candidates for three places. Stalwarts Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood and Luke Donald 
along with Stephen Gallagher, who came within a stroke of claiming an automatic spot on Sunday afternoon. Gallagher's form and impressive record at Glen Eagles should be enough to guarantee a Scottish presence at a Scottish Ryder Cup. Poulter's stellar Ryder Cup record should ensure he gets the nod, with the decision falling between Donald and Westwood. Donald's 67 in Boston last night may prove too little too late, with Westwood favourite to claim the final wild card. And England's cricketers face India in the fourth one-day international at Edgbaston this morning. England are 2-0 down in the five-match series. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a very busy show. Today, very busy show. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the uh, further revelations about the taxi driver in Milton Keynes. Um, was allowed to become a taxi driver despite having, uh, well, a very unpleasant history of uh, a series of rapes against prostitutes. I won't go into the details. It's really horrible. It's really horrible. We're not saying this to scare people, to, to worry people. I don't want to do that in the slightest, but I, I'm, we feel this story needs to be told. 08459 455 555 is uh, the phone number if you want to have your say on that. Anne's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Anne. Oh, good morning, darling. What would you like to say? I am com- I am completely trapped in my house. Why is that? Because, because I've only moved to Milton Keynes within the last two weeks. And um, I had a terrible experience in Ireland. I was raped in Ireland. I, hang on, I've got to turn your radio off. Yeah, go and turn the radio off, then. Hang on, darling. Oh. You got it. Hello. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So you, sorry, you were you were you were raped in Ireland. Is that where yeah, you were by living? A taxi dri- by a taxi driver. Oh dear. When did that happen, I, Anne? Oh, a year ago. So I sold up my house in Ireland to come to live over here in England, and uh, I stayed with my son in Coffee Hall for oh, two months, and now I've just got a, a place here in. Well, I'm not going to tell you where. Yeah, don't tell us where. We don't need to know. No, where. in Milton Keynes. Yeah. And I have been absolutely in a terrible state here. I've, um, I had to get a taxi every night to go out because my, my TV and everything is in storage and I can't stay in the house too long on my own. And I can't get any cab whatsoever now. I will not go out the house, so I'm absolutely trapped here in this house. Mm. I'm a bag of nerves. I can't, I'm drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking to try and help me get over this. And now I'm smoking, and God knows what I'm ill. I've got. Oh, and and, God and, God. and let's just let's just take a step back and say I appreciate your call this morning on this. It must be very difficult. The, the, the reason that you're afraid to get cabs is because of what happened to you in Ireland. Is that right? No, no, not at all. But why why are you afraid to get cabs? Not because of what we're talking about today, are you? Yes, because of what oh. happened about about the rapist in Milton yeah. Keynes. Right. Okay. Well, listen. Let's let, let's have a let's have a look at some of the facts. Um, it's the, the the one gentleman that we're talking about. He doesn't drive cabs anymore. Okay. Which he, one is that? What are you talking about? The the, the, the fella who um, who committed the rapes. He doesn't drive taxis anymore. He does. He doesn't. The one in Milton Keynes doesn't drive taxis yes. anymore. But I heard yesterday on the news that he's still on the road. No. Let's let's go through. Uh, let me go through some facts because maybe some things have got a little bit confused. Okay. The chap that we're talking about this morning who uh, was convicted of uh, some pretty atrocious attacks, he no longer has a a, a licence to drive cabs, Okay, So he's not driving cabs. 
There are seven other people with criminal records in Milton Keynes who yeah. are still driving cabs. One of them it is for a sexual assault. We don't know the nature of that assault, right? There are... It is such a tiny, tiny percentage, Anne, of these these seven drivers. It's such a tiny, tiny percentage. But listen, sweetheart. Yesterday they said he is still on the road, this man. He's not. He's in all the papers He's about not, Anne. him. And the, the one who's committed the rape isn't. The one with the sex offen- the other sex offences is, yes. Okay, right. But they are well, watching, I, they are monitoring exactly what's going on. Yeah, the, the I am counselor- trapped in this house and I can't leave it. I'm a bag of nerves. I've had the doctor down. I've been in touch with the police and I'm not going to put up with this any longer. I'm absolutely a nervous wreck. Can you help me? How would you like me to help you, Anne? What would you like me to do? I'd like you to get onto the or help go to the police and tell them to, to vet all these taxi drivers yeah. and to, to and, and uh, this late woman on her own. And my, uh, my husband died three years ago and I'm completely here on my own and I'm a bag of nerves. I'm going back to the police about this. They're getting in touch with me. They're coming down to see me today. Well, that's, that's, not... that's good they're coming down to see you today, isn't it? What are you hoping to get out of them today when, they, <laughs> when you speak to them? I want something done. I want something done about the rapist taxi drivers in Milton Keynes. No, and listen, I, just, uh, you say you've been drinking. Were you, have you, were you drinking last night? Do you drink every no. day? No. No, I had, all I had was three half lager drinks. Okay. I don't drink. I'm diabetic. I can't drink. Oh. And last night, to help me sleep, I, I bought okay. some cans from the shop. And I bought, I had three cans of lager to help me sleep. Okay. I'm a complete bag of nerves. I can here. hear that. I can hear that. But li- uh, <sighs> I can hear that. I can totally hear that. There was, there is, as far as we know. In fact, we do know there is only one cab driver in Milton Keynes driving who has a who has a, 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 a sexual offence criminal record. We don't. I know that. We don't know what that is. Okay. No, I know that. Yeah. Um, and we but also they're all around the road still. They should be all the taxi drivers should be stopped. Milton Keynes and completely vetted from this minute on. Well, the majority of them have been. They, in fact, they all have been. I don't trust any of them. Well, Aunt, listen... And I'm a bag of nerves. I'm a, I've got depression tablets, nerve tablets, yeah. and I'm trapped here in this house. You said well, it's not a house, it's a still. You said your son lives nearby. Have you spoken to your son about it? Oh, my son don't understand. He came over and he said, Mum, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're causing trouble since you came here. He's no interest in me whatsoever. Right. Well, Anne, listen, I'm really sorry if us talking about this news story has worsened your situation. That's not our intention at all. No, 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 it hasn't, darling. Okay. It hasn't one bit. I just want people to know in Milton Keynes not to go in a taxi on their own, a woman on her own. Okay. Well, that's that's. And that's... I, I'm trapped in the house. I can't go anywhere. The police are coming down to help me. Yeah, you said, and I, hopefully they'll be able to give you some uh, comfort. Have you spoken to the doctor about um, your um, yes fear and anxiety? Yes. And what have yes. they said? I was at the hospital the other night because I couldn't breathe. I had this awful asthma or something attack. Yeah. And I went. I went to the doctor and I explained what happened to me in Ireland. They all know my doctors know what happened to me in Ireland. Um, I never, never, ever go to that country ever again. It's interesting you moved out of Ireland because of that. Yes, 
Yes, I moved. I had to sell up my house and move. Can I? Because the man who raped me, he was a taxi driver, but he died before the case came up. He committed oh. suicide. So you feel that you've got so no washed full their, stop? Yes. No yes, closure. They washed their hands off me. And can I tell you what I'm making up from. This is just what I'm making up from what I'm hearing from you, okay? Yeah, yes, this is this is just what I'm making. I'm maybe completely wrong, but you you said that it was us talking about this that has, that has has scared you from using uh, cabs in Milton Keynes. What I make up is uh, is that obviously what happened to you in Ireland was absolutely awful. It was so awful. It was it was big enough and powerful enough for you to move to move to a different country. And I would suspect that us talking about this th- th- this really small number of drivers in Milton Keynes. Is is bringing up lots of old feelings that that, yes. that maybe you haven't actually properly dealt with yet. I have dealt with it. I've had a whole year to get over this. Do you think I've is a year long enough? Do you think? Me in Ireland, yeah. I've got over you it. You got over it's it, all, okay? But because I came back to Milton Keynes, it's all coming back to me, and I, yeah. I'm a widow on my own, living on my own. My sons, they they think I'm crazy. I've got no one to talk to. You're the only station. God love you for being there for me, for people here I'm absolutely a bag of nerves over this Well and listen, you've got the police coming later on today, haven't you? Yes, well, well, well they don't know, because they said to me "Well, if it, I said, well I'm going on to the radio station in the morning, okay. I said my three counties radio is the only lifeline I've got in this country. When are you next seeing your doctor? Oh, Wednesday or something. He wants me to go up there to help me with my depression. Okay, but well, I'm not bothered about that. Can you no? But maybe while you while the doc, if you go in because the doctor wants to talk about your depression, maybe you could kind of mention this conversation that we've had. <laughs> I will. And, I and, will. and mention and tell him exactly what you've told me. How scared you are? You are how anxious you are, uh, and how um, how afraid you are of getting into a cab. I think it's important you let him know how afraid you are of getting into I a w- cab. I wouldn't. And when I came here, I went in. I've been in cabs all the time since yeah. last week. Actually, I've been getting cabs up and back, and I don't like the look of them drivers. No. They look at me because I am a little bit glamorous looking. They look at me as though I'm a bit of shit or something. I don't okay, know. Okay, just all right. Okay, just just okay. Uh, and listen, uh, I, 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 I would again. I make up that perhaps that you're possibly imagining that. No, no, okay. I'm not. All right. Well, listen, Anne, I wish you the best of I'm luck. I'm a very sane person okay. and a very strong person. I'm and joining I'm sure the Samaritans. I am a, going to be a, a, a Samaritan. Okay. Well, Anne, listen, I wish you the very so best I'm of luck. I'm not talking a load of shit, darling. Okay, Anne, listen, I'm going to let you go. That's a, that's a second one. Thank you very much indeed. Apologies there. We had, uh, well, two Category Bs in the space of one minute. Gosh. Uh, apologies there if you've got young ears listening. I know, uh, I'm sure you can understand, Anne was very, very upset. Never our intention to let bad language get on the air, but uh, so apologies if anyone's offended. Can I just give out a telephone number for anyone Please who's been affected by do. this? Yes. We don't want anyone feeling like this. No. But, um, feelings are funny things and you never know when it's going to catch up with you. Mm. Rape crisis. Their telephone number is this. 0808 802 9999. That's 0808 802 nine. Uh, yeah, and there are other organisations. You mentioned the Samaritans there who do a cracking job. And also, if you're, uh, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, then the doctors is generally a good place to pop along to as well. If you've got a good doctor, you'll be all right. And again, apologies if uh, there were young ears listening and anyone was offended by that bad language. Right. Ah. 
Um, Catherine, do you want to do? Have you got some text? Yeah, yeah, so we do, let's I've do some text. I know the phones have gone a little bit crazy. Yeah, we, we need we'll to speak get... to Sharon as well because she's at work. But let me. Um... Oh, I didn't see Sharon. Yeah, have a I thought you Sharon. take those calls and I'll speak. Sorry, Sharon, I didn't see you up there. What, what would you like to say? Yeah, um, a couple of years ago, I mean, my daughter was eighteen at the time. Um, they went clubbing with a friend. And my daughter, obviously, I mean, they, they'd had had a drink. So I don't think they were rolling around drunk. But she um, put her friend into a taxi. And the friend always used to sit in the front. I would say I think it's more sensible to sit in the back. Yeah. But um, she put her friend into a taxi to ensure she'd get home safely. Sensible thing when to her, do. When her friend had got home, um, she had actually been assaulted by the taxi driver. Um, now, as in he touched her up in the places that he shouldn't have. Yeah. She did speak to her parents, the police got involved, and they did actually speak to my daughter before she... They managed to get hold of her via her mobile to speak to her before she came home. Um, I, I think as a parent, it, it, you always worry about your, your children. But I did talk to my daughter about it, and we said, we had the system then that it didn't matter if I was in bed asleep, um, although I used to be awake, sometimes waiting for her to come in. So what she used to do, she used to text me the taxi cab's um, registration. Brilliant. And then I showed her where that each taxi cab actually has their own unique number, the four, the four numbers, numbers, I think there's just four. And um, so I said, you could text that or you can WhatsApp a picture to me of it if you think it's easier to do it that way. Brilliant. So that's what she used to do. But one of the um, Milton Keynes cab companies does, in actual fact, um, if you ring them, rather than just jump into the first taxi that's there, if you're coming out from a night out, maybe. I'm sort of aimed at parents here yeah. that might be worried about their their sort of 18-year-olds. Um you know, they would send you a text and tell you which cab was coming for you. See, that's she a good, just used that's to a good idea, that isn't it? Me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if something was to happen and she was late, um, you know, you can't always stop these things, but they are so few and far. I did listen to your last caller, and I, I think it's a shame that she, she doesn't want to get into yeah. a taxi because, as you say, the, the, you know, most taxi drivers are good. But... Um, you know, I just feel, as a parent, there are other steps you can take to put in place. Sharon, I, look, um, I've got to move on, just because we're, we're such a busy show this morning, but I really appreciate those suggestions, some, some really uh, good ideas uh, for parents and for anybody travelling by cab. Thank you very much indeed. Right, a little bit late, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, starting on the M25 in the uh, clockwise entry slip road from South Mims from the A1M is partially blocked because of a breakdown on the roundabout. It's being recovered. Anti-clockwise is still really slow from 19 to 16. Watford to the M40. Delays on the southbound M1 still from junction 10 towards 9 Redbourne. A1M usual congestion passing Stevenage we've seen on the sensors and very busy into Buckingham on the A421 as the 41 is closed in Buckingham this morning at the 413 total roundabout for the ongoing works. A1 by the way at Sandy. Northbound's open for the time being. The lorry which overturned earlier between the Sandy roundabout and the Black Cat roundabout has not yet been recovered. That will take place later on this morning. On the trains no reported problems. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. 
Right, it's 8.47. These are your headlines. BBC Three Counties Radio has learnt that a Milton Keynes taxi driver at the centre of the row, which has led to the resignation of the mayor, was a violent serial rapist. The Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, has criticised the treatment of a British couple who removed their seriously ill son from hospital. And Luton Borough Council say they will wait for a police investigation into the death of a three-year-old girl hit by a bus in Berry Park last month before considering any changes to the road layout. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, it has brightened up in a couple of spots, but still overcast elsewhere, and it may remain that way for the day. Um, but at least we have light winds and feeling fairly uh, fairly mild, really. Highs of 21 degrees Celsius and remaining largely dry, even as we head through this evening and tonight. Um, fairly cloudy night with uh, clear spells. Just a bit of fog developing in the early hours of the morning in patches with lows of 13 degrees Celsius. So tomorrow, after a cloudy start, it does thin out through the day. So by the afternoon, we are starting to see sunny spells developing with highs of 22 degrees Celsius. Thursday looks like the warmest day of the week. After a foggy start, it brightens up. But Friday and Saturday, generally bright with sunny spells with just a slight risk of showers. That's your latest forecast. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Show. Very busy show this morning, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. Some uh, fascinating calls on the programme today. Some incredible calls. And we're talking again about the uh, the, the cab driver that was uh, convicted serial rapist um, who, who admitted to the licensing board in Milton Keynes he had this conviction. He didn't slip through the net. Mm. Uh, just very, very poor judgment, to, to put it politely, by the licensing committee. Seven other drivers with criminal records still driving, one for a sexual offence. I really want to stress again, because I'm starting to get a little bit of flack on Twitter. I really want to stress again. Uh, I am not in any way suggesting don't go and use a cab, okay? No. And I'm really trying to play play it down. That's not the right phrase, but this is such a, to keep the balance. It's such a tiny percentage. Mm. The majority of taxi drivers in Milton Keynes are hardworking, decent people who uh, just want to earn an honest living. Uh, living, and I am in no way trying to say that all taxi drivers are dodgepots uh, and you, you, should, you shouldn't go and use a cab. Not saying that in the slightest. Absolutely. OK, I just want to make that clear. Justin, you've been out talking. Is it taxi drivers you've been talking to? Well, I spoke to taxi drivers earlier. I've got some more news on taxi drivers in a second that they are equally as furious as our listeners um, about this story and how this was allowed to happen. But um, it is such a, a big, big story here in Milton Keynes this morning. The radio car is here. Everyone's coming up to the car to have their say about this. Everyone knows about this story. Here's what people have had to say. Uh, Andrea, somebody living locally in Milton Keynes, occasionally getting taxis. Um, what's your thoughts on that man and the fact he was given a, a taxi licence here? Um, well, clearly I, I don't think there was good enough background checks being done. Um, you know, I, I think it's disgusting um, that somebody is allowed to, especially late at night when you're coming home um, and things like that, for somebody to be able to just get you in their car. And you're supposed to feel safe getting a taxi, mm. um, you know, so for them to allow somebody like that to drive a taxi, um, I think is absolutely disgusting. And you talk about background checks, just to let you know, um, the powers that be who granted this licence, they knew about this man's convictions. How does that make you feel? 
Um, well, I'm not quite sure what to say to that. Um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be looked after and, and taken care of by, by these people in power. Um, and the fact that they knew is, is, is I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm not even sure what to, what to say to that. Um, you know, you're supposed to feel safe and you're supposed to feel that, you know, these people that have these jobs um, are, are there for a reason. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, allowing somebody like that um, to drive a taxi and, and pick young girls up and, and um, you know, at late at night and that kind of stuff, I think, is, is, is just really not, not on. Well, Claire, you don't drive, so you're always getting taxis here in Milson Keynes. This man was driving a taxi where you live. Um, hearing about these offences, just how shocked are you this man was, was given a licence? Oh, well, I think it's absolutely disgusting, like, because you feel vulnerable anyway when you're in a taxi, but knowingly giving that to a convicted rapist is just outrageous, really. Uh, John, you've heard about this story over the last few days. Um, you've heard about um, some of the brutality uh, we've mentioned this morning. What's your thoughts on this man being granted a taxi licence here where you live? I think it's disgusting. Um, I work for a security company myself, and relevant checks have to be carried out for people, the employees that work there. And it should be the same for, for taxis, you know, mm. especially with, you know, it's one of those things that if you're doing a public service with regards to taking people from A to B and people are paying you for that service, then there should be an element of security checks that have been carried out on that person to make sure they've not been convicted and not necessarily just being a rapist, but any other convictions that could be relevant from taking somebody from A to B. The thing is, though, to go back to, to the most shocking fact of all, the powers that be who granted this licence knew about his convictions. How on earth did this happen? You're, you work in the security business, you, you're just shaking your head. It, it, it shouldn't be allowed to happen, and that, that's the whole point. There, sh- there should be measures in place to make sure that that doesn't happen, and they failed. So, I mean, I've, I've also seen a few people have resigned uh, due to that, and... Yeah, rightly so. I think maybe a few more people should as well. Uh, yeah, Justin, thank you for that. Absolutely. I mean, it is, as, as I mentioned earlier on, it says it's a big talking point. The taxi drivers, they are also furious because they cannot believe that, that a rapist was granted a licence. Now, this information, of course, out in the public domain locally in the newspapers, um, some of the brutality we've mentioned this morning, they can't believe that he was granted a licence. Now, what they think is going to happen off the back of this, and they're very worried that they are going to lose trade. And the drivers that I've spoken yep. to have done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, coming up to the radio car this morning, you might hear that audio later or maybe tomorrow morning furious about this they are now going to be seeking legal advice because their fear is they could be losing hundreds if not thousands of pounds now based on the information we're hearing this morning yeah i can understand i can understand their their anger and their worry we've had a few people this morning saying they won't be using cabs i've got to stress again it's such a tiny minority Mm. the majority of the people driving those cars are good hard-working, decent people who want to earn a few quid. That's it may it. be a tiny mi- minority, but um, these taxi drivers, again, just like your callers this morning, cannot believe that something like this was allowed to happen. And now, of course, these people that have done absolutely nothing wrong, Ian, that they are going about their, that their daily lives trying to make a, a good, honest living. These taxi drivers now are going to suffer when they've done absolutely nothing wrong. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Lynn's in Bletchley. Morning, Lynn. Good morning. I know you've been waiting for ages. Go on, what would you like to say? That's okay. I can still manage to listen to the show through the phone. Thank you. Well, um, I've used the cabs, and um, 
for the last four weeks, my car's not been well in the garage, on and off. And Your car's not uh, been well? Yeah, in the garage. Brilliant. You know. What a great way of describing <laughs> it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was more than a plaster, I'm afraid, or a band-aid. Yeah. Um, expensive lump of metal when they go wrong. And you know what? The, capsi, the taxi minicabs that I used were brilliant. I mean, they talk in the mirror. Uh, to you because they can't turn round. But what a lovely team! You can't just wave a taxi down in Milton Keynes. You've got to book them. You've got to have a contact number. There's so much security. Oh, there. Lynn, I don't like it when they talk to me. Well, I, I don't like the, the conversation. Too. Makes me awkward, doesn't it? Make does really? it? Dear, don't you feel awkward when they're chatting no, to you? No, perhaps I. You know, you, you like know, a good gap. Yeah, I, I talked for England once I started. Yeah, I bet. Honestly, and I'm one of these that are out very early in the morning, quarter past six, and when the snow comes and we can't drive, the taxis will. You know, and I always feel okay, but as you say, it, it's a, it's quite sad that if they're all going to be tarred with the same yeah. price, because the bunch of the companies that I know, I don't use them very often because I'm a, I'm a driver, but that lady at the nail on the head, that you are a prisoner in your own home if you can't get out and about, and it's awful depressing. Um, but the company that I use, I can't fault them. And Perfect. Don't, you know, don't tell no. with them. And I hope, I hope you <laughs> notice we've not, Lynn. I'm going to move on just because I want to squeeze Irene in. It's, what a busy show. Morning, Irene. Irene, Irene has disappeared today. Irene, oh, she's gone. There we go. Have we got any more texts? Catherine has been so frantic. I feel I've. Hang on, where's Irene gone? She's Irene. Irene, Irene. She's. Hello, Irene. Gone. Irene. I ring her back. Yeah, I know she's gone. That's why I was. Well, I was calling her name, and uh, she wasn't answering. Well, that's, uh, yeah. Um, OK, 08459 Probably a little bit too late if you wanted to call me. We'll, we'll see if we can squeeze Irene in. Uh, but you can speak to um, Jonathan Vernon-Smith, who's coming up next. I should just say as well, by the way, dear listener, we do a weekly podcast, Best of Bits of the Show. Best of Bits of the Show? Gosh, yes, we managed to stretch it to an hour. There's padding. Of course, there's padding in it, uh, and we record little extra bits that you won't get to hear on the radio. If you want to get that, you can go and uh, download it from iTunes or from the website. Irene, we got you back! Yeah! Well, what on earth happened to you? Did you fall down a hole or something? Oh, no, 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 no. When go- I put time down, they didn't ring me. Oh, f- right. Who, who, who was it you spoke to who didn't ring you, Irene? Uh, Kelly. <laughs> it was not me! Kelly! Really? I took the call. I didn't ring you back, though. Yeah, you yeah. exactly, and that's what Irene is. That's her complaint. No, no, no. no. no anyway, no. Anyway. No, oh, hang on a minute. No. Was it I think it may have been Catherine's fault. Anyway, the important thing is Irene's here now. I'm there. Uh, well, Irene, I'm so sorry you had to deal with the cat-handedness of um, of my no, team. No problem. No problem. Irene, what would you like to say now that we've got you on? And put that finger down, uh, Catherine, that's very, very rude. Go on, what would you like to say, Irene? Yeah, taxes. I mean, uh, it's a shame that they, if they're going to be all targeted the same because I use the same company all the time and I'm going to work and I'm going to work presently. I go early morning, I have the same taxi company. I, I make the call. If I'm going early morning, I phone overnight have it all booked, and they know. And I've, I've never had a problem with taxes. Irene, I'm glad we got you back, because it's nice to end on a positive uh, note when it's been such a negative story. Thank you very much. Right, th- that's it. That's your lot, dear listener. Let's get the travel now. Here's James. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thanks, Ian. Well, the M1 slow moving southbound 11 down to 10. That's Dunstable to Luton. We've had reports of a breakdown adding to the delays there. M25 anti-clockwise 19 to 16, really slow approaching the M40. And there's still a blockage of the slip road onto the clockwise M25 from Junction 23 from South Mims because of a breakdown there. Uh, A1 northbound's moving well despite that lorry that broke the overturned lorry between Sandy and Blackout roundabouts. It'll be recovered later on this morning, we're told by the police. And if you're heading into London, still very busy on the A10 and the A1. On the trains, no reported problems this morning. I'm James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. I was telling you earlier on how you can get the best of weekly podcasts. You can either get it by going to the Three Counties website or by going to iTunes and typing in Ian Lee BBC and it pops up. There you go. Right, that's it. That's your lot. JBS is up next. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kells. Thank you, Justin and Ben and Scoins. We'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, would you advise women not to travel alone in taxis? A 44-year-old man who was imprisoned for rape and serious sexual...